You're listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves in the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Each week, Roger is joined by Joe and Vince. Tweeting, I can't start yet. <laughs> Amazing. There you go. It's off. Okay. <laughs> I'm not even one going job. to. Geez. I had one job. Time it properly, and I didn't. I screwed it up. Anyways. Professionals. Most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. E3 is an exciting time for gamers, but even more so for folks who report on games like us. We spend a lot of time trying to guess what will happen, but you really never know. Certainly you can make educated guesses. There are always rumors floating around, but all it takes is one dad on the stage talking about a yarn kitty that he made on a camping trip with his kids. And you realize that despite the spectacular advances in VR technology, what won E3 this year was a ball of yarn wrapped around a kitty wireframe. I I mean, a kid, of course. What won E3 was the humility and awe that this developer demonstrated amongst a sea of corporate speak. And after a year, a horrific year, thanks in large part to Gamergate, it filled me and many others with a sense of wild-eyed wonder again. And it saved E3 for me. And I know that sounds extreme but it's true it made it feel great again and i don't know if you guys felt the same but i know looking at a variety of different social media that a lot of people kind of agree with me and so we had a lot of interesting things happen during this e3 in much the same way that i remember adding nuking the fridge and jumping the shark to the pop culture lexicon from here on out i'm adding well it's no muppet with a banana to my lexicon <laughs> thanks to the nintendo yeah. presser but yeah. i mean there was a lot of ranks on a scale of one to reggie <laughs> <laughs> we did have some really cool stuff come up and we we're going to talk about it all and we actually have a guest fourth chair we got amir back on the show we haven't had him i can't remember what episode you actually appeared on do you remember I do not. That was a while ago. That was a long time. We've been meaning to get you back on, but in our defense, eh, we weren't even on for all. So, <laughs> so I I'm glad that, that you guys are having me again. This is, uh, I'm really excited to talk about E3. Tell the folks about you and about where they can find you and what you do. Uh, well, I do my own podcast. I am uh, doing a podcast with my friend Lawrence and Jay at Gaming SLP. Uh, Normally, I'm tweeting out random stuff about video games and stuff that's going on, like uh, my foray into Lion's Arch earlier today at the underscore drunken underscore prince, uh, and then same on Twitch, the drunken underscore blah, blah, blah. Uh, But yeah, mostly today, these days, I'm playing RPG stuff as I wait to uh, get my pockets ready for Heaven's Sword. (laughs) (laughs) Pockets and time, because time has to go in there somewhere. Yeah, too. no kidding. Actually, <laughs> yeah, I and there's so much stuff. Oh my god, Joe! I think you're the only one that hasn't picked up Heaven's Ward. 
You you haven't picked it up yet, have you? I have not had yeah. time. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I, I understand. I picked it up beforehand. <laughs> um, Vince, I know that, of course, you picked it up right away. Mm-hmm. I, um, <laughs> I, I, speaking of bitching on Twitter, <laughs> I've been doing nothing but since Friday because it's been ridiculous. And again, I know everybody always says the same thing. It's you can't bitch too much on a release date or whatever. The thing is, is that I'm I'm less and less inclined to believe that as time goes on, the technology has improved. The servers are more stable. There's no reason that you can't have a at least better. It doesn't have to be perfectly smooth, but better launch. I'm not even talking about the game. I'm talking about a fucking expansion, for Christ's <laughs> sakes. Like, you know, like this shit should be down pat. And until... Uh, this morning or this afternoon, I think it was this morning, I wasn't able to create another character on my realm where I already have two characters. Yeah. It was early this afternoon because oh, I man, remember I the triumphant that. tweet that you put out there. I was yeah. like, oh, look, <laughs> Roger can finally not go crazy. Yay. So it's, it's, to me, it's annoying. Like the cues, I can believe a little bit more simply because by this point, by the time you put out an expansion, you have lost some of your player base. You will have done your server merges. So yes, I can understand how there'd be some, some cues, but you should still be able to make your goddamn characters. And, and like there were cues, there were that. And then for me, the biggest pain in the ass is that stupid lobby error. So I would put in ready to hate me, Roger. What's that? You never get (laughs) it. Let me guess. I never had a single lobby error. I get it all the time. And it bounces you out, and then you got to log back in. And I know I'm not the only one because other people were bitching. Oh, I, on Twitter I know. I got incredibly yeah. lucky. Yeah. So anyway, so the um, Heaven's Ward is uh, is is freaking cool as shit. Stuff that I saw, and I'm not even at the end yet. We're not even into it yet. Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> I just see, dinking I just around see with my characters. Of, like sassy dragon girls getting posted. Oh, there's on dragon girl. girls everywhere, man. Jesus. <laughs> I just I like my freaking horny dude. He's awesome. <laughs> okay, let's go back to E3. We are gonna tackle a crap load of news, a lot of different games and whatnot. And again, it was said beforehand, and it even was said during a lot of people were saying like it's the E3 of VR. And I got to tell you, I really did not find that much VR stuff. And we will talk about some. And some of it was awesome. Some of it was freaking unbelievable. But uh, but we also got just a crap load of gaming news. And in a rare occurrence, uh, most of it was awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was some that was stupid and whatnot. But for the most part, even the Microsoft one, me, without an Xbox One and no wanting to pick one up anytime soon kind of thing. I watched the Microsoft one. I'm going, holy shit. <laughs> there may be a time soon where I actually pick up a one because there was a lot of cool stuff for, for Microsoft. And we're well, going to get to we'll Microsoft get to we'll in a minute, but we're actually going to start with Nintendo. Same as what we've been seeing lately. They are doing their Nintendo Direct, so it was just a video. But, oh, what a video. <laughs> <laughs> and as I said on Twitter, as it was happening, they need to use those Muppets from now on all the time for all announcements. P- 
period. Oh Imagine my this God. from my point of view, because I was at work. You didn't even so see what was I'm, going on. All I'm doing is reading on Twitter, and I was like, between, because <laughs> Nintendo and then Square Enix was right after, and Square Enix had some weird shit going on, too. I was like, is everybody high, or is this what's actually happening to you today? Like, Nintendo's always, like, marched to their own drum, but this was, like, a whole other level. Like, I don't... I don't know what I still want to know what the hell is up with the banana. That, the banana like, is where I kind <laughs> of lost that's my the shit. Biggest goddamn mystery it. ever. I don't, I don't get, get it. it. I don't get it at all. Like, I don't know if it was a Mario Kart reference that they were just kind of like ha 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 ha, or if there's like some weird symbolism in like Japanese culture that I just don't understand. So if you're listening <laughs> to this and the banana means something in Japanese culture that I don't know, please fucking tell me. If the banana I'm made really sense confused. to you, <laughs> if the banana made sense, call us. Please let us know. Show us on the Muppet where the banana touched you. Yeah. <laughs> but it was one of those surreal moments where you, you see you're, everybody's getting hyped and nintendo i remember i was sitting in the lobby uh, well the chat lobby and the nintendo things kind of going across the screen going across the screen and everybody like the chat comments are like oh man i wonder what nintendo's gonna do this year i wonder what nintendo's gonna do this year i wonder what nintendo's gonna do this year and then muppets came out and they start doing like it was a classic muppet show where they're going from room to room getting everybody ready and then if that wasn't weird enough, they go to a studio and then they morph <laughs> by coughing up feathers and growing ears and turning into the characters from Star Fox for the big announcement. The very first thing they drop on us after how many years we're finally getting a new Star Fox game, Star Fox Zero. Not only is this going to be a brand new game, it's adding brand new transformations, brand new controls and the first game for the Nintendo Wii U that will actually use both screens in a manner that even Roger thought was awesome. That's a big one. That's like when I saw that, there were a couple actually this year where I saw it and it was like, wow, they're actually finally getting it right and making good use of that, that second screen, the controller screen. But I mean, it was after E3, they point blank. I can't remember who it was. Might have been Iwata was saying how the the Wii U was not the right machine to put out, and that it had its problems. And when they were working on it initially, the tablets weren't as established as they are now, so that's why it just didn't quite work out. But this kind of thing proves you can still use it effectively now. It's not it's not dead yet. It, it's close, yeah. but it's not. Well, it's two screens. Two green two screen experiences are just now starting to kind of cycle back in. So it's like they can actually take advantage of it. For if you missed the announcement, they're going to have uh transforming basically everything in this game, where the R Wing can transform into a walker with the you can basically hit a button and it turns into a walker for ground missions. The tank can actually turn into a hover mode, and you have a, a gyro which you can now send a robot down to do other things where you control the rob robot or robot whatever you want to call it, through the actual controller. So, like, the tablet gives you the perspective of the actual robot. And it's a, it's a really cool kind of... Uh, it's just really nifty how they're integrating it. And also, what I thought was kind of cool is when they started doing, like, the behind-the-scenes type stuff with it, and they started talking about the design aspects and how they went about trying to reinvent Star Fox, you could tell that they took a lot of time thinking about bringing this game back specifically for the next generation, which... If you have kids out there, I know a bunch of my friends were really excited because they're like, I finally get to introduce my kids to Star Fox. Yeah, I, I know that I saw that. I was impressed when I saw this. 
a lot of people were actually really disappointed by those developer segments. They're like, oh, why are we doing this stuff instead of just talking about more games? I was like, but I like learning more. Yeah. I would rather know more about less games than just get a trailer for something I'm not going to see for two years. Well, if you give me the reason yeah. why something has taken forever, I'm going to be a whole hell of a lot more forgiving. Mm-hmm. You're going to say something, Prince? No, that, that is straight up right off the top of my head what you just said. Now, from there, we got our big Wii U release. Then everything sort of shifted gears back down to smaller scale, like Nintendo's been doing over the course of the several years, and focused more on the mobile play than almost anything else. Uh, we started talking about there's going to be a brand new uh, Legend of Zelda game, Triforce Heroes, which is a multiplayer Zelda title uh, where you work cooperatively, uh, potentially cooperatively with two other players. So instead of theoretically being cooperatively. Four- Theoretically, cooperatively, or in the case of Roger, I'm sure I'm going to get thrown off. I don't have one. I don't have one, so you're safe. I'm safe. All right. Not Uh, safe if you play with me. Oh hell no! I know. I know better. (laughs) But it was kind of interesting because it's the first new Zelda game in a very long time. The last one we got was The Link Between Worlds, which was was good. Don't get me wrong, but. Four Swords was kind of like one of those games that I loved and felt dirty for loving, and I feel like this is going to be the same thing, where it's a multiplayer game that for Zelda that's a brand new IP that's going to be absolutely hysterical and fun and is going to have a whole ton of trolling. The game is going to have a total mechanic where you can actually stack on top of each other so you can actually fight bosses, find secret levels, cancel awesome. things like that. What's that? That was pretty awesome. I thought that was cool. When they showed off the, uh, I can't remember the name of the, the boss that they were fighting, the big giant wheel dude. I don't remember. But uh, the, I, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't remember the boss. He's a, he's a giant wheel that you knock over onto the side, and then you basically throw a bomb into its side. And it was really cool because you grab the bomb, stack on top of it, throw it in. It was actually it was very interesting engaging gameplay. At least I thought so. And then if that's really not your thing and you just want to play dress-up, congratulations. You can play dress-up in this game because you're going to have all sorts of stuff that you can go in different uh abilities that you can unlock by dressing your character up in different ways i thought that was absolutely hysterical yeah i like the 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 costume mechanic i really hope that's something that they uh bring back for future games of course you would you love costume quest i love costumes yeah link is a samurai i'm all about that (laughs) yeah no oh yeah Yeah, that's awesome yeah (laughs) staying on the zelda train we also got a a version of Hyrule Warriors coming to the 3DS, which will be known as Hyrule Warrior Legends. And I know a lot of people were losing their shit about this game. Pick, uh, me, pick me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, go ahead. You, you, I, 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 I have I, never played Hyrule. I, didn't, I have never played Hyrule Warriors. I didn't play Hyrule Warriors either. I don't own a Wii U, but I was really excited to see that they made it for, um, they're making it for the 3DS because I'm like, oh, this is my Dynasty Warriors dreams come true with Nintendo characters. Thank you. <laughs> and, they're bringing, and they're bringing in fan favorites from Wind Waker 2, which also hit, like, a big chord with a lot of people that were very excited to see the cel-shaded Link and the cel-shaded, like, Sheik, and it was good good times. Uh, that's supposed to come out early in 2016, so about a half a year away. Uh, from there, we got our Fire Emblem Fates, uh, which looks like an 80s cartoon in awesomeness. I'm pretty sure I saw, uh, like, I could hear Vince kind of, like, squeeing from about a thousand miles away. Again, Fire Emblem isn't really my thing, though. Which is, again, I think the only reason why is because it's mainly tactics, right? That's what you were saying last time? It's not that it's tactics. It's just that, like, I like tactical games. I just couldn't quite... I tried a couple of the Fire Emblem games, and they just didn't really click with me. Because that's the one series that I keep thinking, man, that's 
if I were to pick up 3DS, it'd be because of oh, the Oh, I know plenty of people that love it. It's yes. just well worth it if you pick it up on 3DS. I'll just say that. Yeah, because this Fates one looks freaking amazing. And I, I love the concept of what they're doing with this game yeah. of the different you know, dimensions almost you know, from the divergent timeline. That's that's 100% a Vince game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's what I thought. I thought, like, maybe this will be something that Vince would be into. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll, maybe I'll lend you a copy remotely and you can, uh, you can play to your heart's content. <laughs> but if that's not your thing, and I know that this is one that I heard a ton of squeen about from Renee, Animal Crossing has two brand new games coming out. <laughs> Animal yeah. Crossing Happy Home Designer for Nintendo 3DS will allow you to build your town and decorate your buildings and will be coming out this year in September. And if that's not enough... They're putting out Amiibos and a game that centers around the Amiibos as well for Christmas this year because, you know, we need more Amiibos. Oh, Jesus Christ. Obviously. Maybe that table full of woolly um, Yoshis that that, yes. that woman was there. That that <laughs> table? All right, I'll, I'll take all those Amiibos because <laughs> that looked like the greatest room in the world. It really did. I was like, oh, that is awesome. <laughs> Well, speaking of which, like that was the other one that uh, they got to see a little bit more about Yoshi's Woolly World uh, as far as gameplay goes and some of the philosophy behind it and even the philosophy behind the creation of the Amiibo, which I thought was really kind of cool because that's a game that a lot of people, I, I don't want to say are sleeping on, but kind of have written off thinking it's too cute or it's going to be, you know, for kids only when it is absolutely 100% the spiritual successor to Yoshi's Island with yarn. And it just looks absolutely amazing. Now, that's a game that I'm going to be buying day one for Wii U. And everything I heard from E3 just cements that, like, I, that's a good decision for me. No, the gameplay footage they showed was really quite good. Yep. And then I think the last mo- the last big important thing, uh, I'd say the two last important things. One, we got to see more about Super Mario Maker for the Wii U. Now, this is a game that we were told about and kind of just fell off the face of the planet, right? They didn't really talk about it. They kind of made mentions of it. They didn't really talk about any of the any of the things about there. But not only did we get more information about it, we also got discussion about the creation of Super Mario Brothers World 1-1 and how mm-hmm. that how that came to be and how the de- the development of choosing a platforming game and designing it and things like that. And I thought that was a really kind of cool and that was an interesting way to showcase you can now do this yourself at home using Mario Maker. That's the entire point of this. You can make a platforming game as you see fit with tools, with all these tools that we're going to give you. And I think that's kind of cool. And I think that's a nifty, nifty thing for the Wii U to have. Yeah, that little segment was probably one of my favorite parts uh, of Nintendo's whole conference. That just little conversation that they had about creating uh, 1-1. I was like, wow, that's actually pretty interesting. And now they're like... It was a good introduction to the way that Super Mario Maker is going to be and, ha- and the options that you have when you build your levels as well. I also like the fact that it said if you create a level, you have to beat it first before you can yes, put it out. That there is, to yes. <laughs> well, and that was that was a response to the community that had those really super difficult levels that they would just release out into the wild that nobody could beat. Unless it was like they programmed the computer to do it, and they didn't want people just to troll people. And I thought that was actually kind of cool. It's sort of the uh, the cultivating of their little community, which I thought was wise. I think really, really wise. Mm-hmm. See, Little Big Planet spoiled me because Little Big Planet took the idea of making your own platformer and 
took it to a level that so few others can reach. And I'm including Mario Maker as well. So to me, it's just, yeah, it looks great. It looks like it'll be fun, but you can't even begin to compare to the levels that are made in Little Big Planet. Well, I mean, Little Big Planet's a completely different concept, right? Like you can make your own games within the game. Well, not just games, but you could do platforming levels is the same kind of deal. Sure. So it's just because of what I've seen done in Little Big Planet, like, and because I've actually used the tools and made levels with my son, so I know what's involved, kind of thing. It's just this is such a step down from that that I, I just, I can't get excited. I don't know. I like. We'll see because I. This is definitely something that I was excited about. It's definitely something I'm going to pick up so we'll we'll see if it lives up to what i think it's going to be i'll report back don't worry on that yeah. and then i think the, the the last thing of note was that we are going to be getting not one but two new metroid games one of which is sports ball related where it's basically metroid soccer yeah that's what it looked like to me i don't know any other way to describe it when someone asked me about it mm-hmm. but these are these are also going to be on the 3ds I don't know. Overall, it was just, it was a very good, weird, but good <laughs> Nintendo E3, just like all the other ones. It was one of those ones where you walked away and it was like, wow, they actually do have lots of good stuff. I wonder why I don't hear about it the rest of the year. I actually didn't find there was quite enough, especially when you compared it to all of the other press conferences. I actually thought that they really did not have nearly as much. And the titles that they showed... I mean, a lot of them were just the gimmicky little things that aren't that big of a deal. We heard nothing about Zelda. Yes, it's been pushed back, but they're still working on it. They should be hyping the crap out of it. We heard nothing about that. And in terms of other first-party games, really, we didn't get all that much. I'm wondering if there's if there's more going on in the back, like behind the scenes that are keeping them from telling us about Zelda. Well, I'm thinking a large part of what they're announcing has to do with when we are going to get that next console that they're working on. If that's going to come sooner than later, then yeah, they're really going to be changing their strategy with their their first party games that they're putting out. Yeah, they but, so we could run into a Twilight a, Princess. I was just going to say that, yeah, yeah. So, and they did talk about UK Watch. Or yokai or however. Yokai watch. Yokai, yokai is that how you read? Yeah, they talked about that too. The the Pokemon Ghost game. That I'm looks like sure it's a Miyazaki game. I don't that that I will wait and see. I'll put it like that. <laughs> so real quick before we move away from Nintendo, oh. I just want to uh, also give them a big thumbs up for the Nintendo World Championships Sunday night. I didn't watch those. That Neither was did I. amazing. Like Why? The, the final level was three Mario Maker levels designed by the mad scientists at Nintendo. It was the most intense Mario I've ever seen played in my life. But overall, like, it was a nice blend of classic stuff like uh, Super Metroid and the original Legend of Zelda, along with new stuff like Smash Brothers and Splatoon. It was, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that stream. Awesome. Okay. All right, let's move on to Microsoft now. Microsoft, like I said, this was... This, in my opinion, is one of their better ones for a while. They've they've had some good ones in the past. Hell, we've talked about some of them on on our show. But uh, but because of uh, my lack of interest in the Xbox One, and it wasn't just me. You guys were on the same fence initially. The there it just really wasn't that interesting. But now we're seeing a lot more stuff here. A lot of exclusive stuff that. 
really impressive. We got some good stuff coming up. Let's start with, run through what they talked about. They did talk about the next Halo game, Halo 5 Guardians, which has Captain Mao. Yay! <laughs> it's, it's not just him playing somebody. It's him. Yeah. So it, it, the game looks awesome, but again, I'm just not the eh. Halo guy you are. What did you think? That, I'm not the Halo guy anymore because Halo 4 sucked. Yeah. So yeah, I don't care. But what did you think it'd take from this, though? It's it's pretty much just in line. Like, There's a lot of changes they've made from a gameplay standpoint that take it away from what made Halo Halo. Mm-hmm. Like, it, It's a lot more like uh, like a Call of Duty type game now, which I'm not a fan of. That's one of the things I liked so much about Halo was it was very simplistic, but so much fun. And now they're trending in a slightly more, you know, iron sight, tactical, almost sort of direction with a whole bunch of weird abilities and stuff that uh, generate a lot of meta gameplay, which I understand is important for like the long term longevity of a game. But that doesn't mean it's going to be long term for me. Yeah. Story wise, I honestly couldn't give a crap. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I was watching it and I was like, this doesn't feel Halo enough to me. Exactly. That was the best way I could describe it. I was like, oh, they made Titanfall enough to me. Yeah. Yeah, it reminded me more of Titanfall than Halo, and that's disappointing. They talked about then a new game, ReCore, that's going to be coming out in the spring of 2016. Kind of like a Dune setting kind of thing, Xbox uh, One exclusive. It, I like the style of it. I I like the look of it, and it it had me curious enough that... Again, it's, it's, it's certainly not an exclusive that's a reason to buy a one, but... If you're planning on picking a one, this is definitely an exclusive that has me interested. I like the concept of the idea of you having a companion, but having a companion that can evolve as the situation calls for it. Oh, dude, when that freaking, when he put the, 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 you thought, oh, he's gone. That's it. Doug's gone. And then he puts the core in the other thing and you're like, I want to play this game so hard. (laughs) Like now. (laughs) Which made me very happy that I have an Xbox one because I can play it. Yeah. A this game where we're guaranteed that... for the toy is not going to die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is like, uh, you're trying to convince me that maybe having an Xbox One is not a bad idea. Well, see, what I loved about this is that, and we saw so much of this with Fallout 4, is like, yet again, the goddamn dog. Another <laughs> dog. And, and and I'm the dog guy here. Like, I love, I don't mean amongst us. I just mean, like, I I love, well, we've got two. I love dogs. But oh, yeah. it's like, do we need one in every post-apocalyptic game? And does it have to be a shepherd? So, so it's the easiest way right to your feels, man. Because you can't tell me you saw that dog going to blow himself up in record and you could, you didn't go, oh, no. Well, it's because of humans' relationships with dogs. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly why. But because they took that and spun it and then put it in that other creature, you're going like, oh, I like what you're doing. That's a nice little kind of jab at the pet companion while still making it cool kind of thing. So I, it really did have me interested. Yeah. They moved on from there to talk about backwards compatibility. Spencer talked about that for a while. And they're going to be introducing various games over time. It's not going to be everything at once kind of work. But this really, um, not necessarily made me want to get one more, but elevated the Xbox One in my opinion, because this is huge. We had a talk. Sorry, go ahead. Nobody else was talking. 
How about you? <laughs> so I thought I heard somebody else. Sorry. Uh, so we were talking about this at work, actually, because I, I, I work with a bunch of nerds and all of them are holding on frantically to their Xbox 360s and their PS3s and because they want to play their old games. And when this came out, they were like, they're, everybody was starting to talk about, you know what, I can actually trade in my system now if this is what they're going to do. They're giving, they're, they're actually giving me incentive to upgrade. And I thought that was kind of important because I'm curious how many homes still have both systems. Mine I'm does. curious how many people are still holding on to that 360 that are now considering upgrading solely for the reason that some of the, like those games are slowly but surely going to be released as backwards compatible. That's Being completely honest. I, if this would have been an announcement when the Xbox one was coming out, I would have the Xbox one now. I'm not going to say that I'm 100% in agreement with you, but like damn close, actually it had they gone with what they've gone with now with, you know, everything that they've changed since their initial announcements. Plus this, we would probably own one as well. Like that's, it's, it's huge. It's huge. Like there's a lot of games that we still have and I'm not the only person who doesn't finish games. <laughs> there's a lot of us. You're just so, the only one that never finishes games. The idea, I finished that Batman game. So shut up. And now there's a new one out that you can take five years to finish. I pre-ordered it yesterday. He's still too behind. I actually pre-ordered Arkham Knight yesterday. It, the pull was just too strong. I tried to resist. For months, I tried to resist. But then the reviews started coming in, and the fucking thing is getting tens in some places, and they're talking about it, and I'm going, screw it, screw it. Don't buy it for PC. I didn't actually. I bought it for PS4, so I was like, "Yes, the first time I made the right call." <laughs> yeah, I got my copy for free for the PC. Shut up! All right? Yeah, get that, out of here. That, that was really, really uncalled for. <laughs> that was a dick move. Okay, let's move on. They also talked about their their big Elite controller, which sells for a small fortune. I'll have you know, and frankly. Not that big a deal to me, but some people may think so. It, it, what was it, like 150 or some damn thing? 150 bucks. Yeah. I think ultimately I'll end up with one of those. Why? But not now. For well, 150? Yes. Seriously? Yep. The regular controller, and, and this is not me yeah. judging. I'm asking because I want to know. The regular controller is that uncomfortable for you that you'd be willing to fork out $150 for this Elite controller? Part of it is the button modification, and I also like the, the ability to change your thumbsticks. Right. I have worn out thumbsticks on every single one of my Xbox One controllers. Seriously? Xbox 60 controllers. All of them are, like, smooth to the touch now. I don't know why. I don't have particularly rough hands, but all of them are just, like, little nubs. <laughs> so, I like, I like the idea of having a modifiable controller. I will probably wait till I can catch it on sale, but... I would probably end up with one because if it's a controller that will last me for a long time, I don't mind paying more for it than having. I agree with you there. I do agree with you there. I've gone through four different Xbox controllers now. So, yeah. See, I haven't gone through that many Xbox controllers. I think we've had one that's failed, actually. And they've been 
used a lot because my my kids played a lot on it and then they'd bring over their friends so the the controllers got a lot of usage and we really didn't have any problems the, the hell the only controller problems i've had have been with the goddamn ps4 controller that i had to replace <laughs> so but, but look in, at it this way like joe how much have you spent on your mouse and keyboard oh, oh god yeah geez I, if i talk about that uh 300 ish <laughs> exactly why and my headset <laughs> Because it's because your I old want. one it's wore out, or by or because you just wanted a really nice control. Because my old one, no, literally because my old ones wore out, and I needed to buy, and I wanted to buy quality, so I bought up. There you go. There's your answer. Yeah. But yeah. it's also one of those weird, interesting things. Do you remember a couple of years ago there was a company that was coming out? Um, they were making the circuit at all the conventions, where they were making these cases for the controllers that added all these extra buttons uh, and triggers to move your hands in a different position so that all the controllers are more comfortable for you. And then all the little triggers like paddles. I don't know if you guys remember that. No. So it was ridiculous looking, but really fucking comfortable. And it was one of those things where it, it just, you never thought you would actually like it, but the, the ability to map where keys would go yeah. for your specific hands was such a big deal this is the exact same thing. And I haven't heard from that company for a couple of years. I wouldn't be surprised if I go do some research and find out Microsoft bought them for this specific purpose. Because it looks like the exact same thing. And having those extra buttons and being able to move them for racing games, for uh, platformers, like if there's know. the ability to fighting games, you have the ability to create your own macros for it. Like you can create macros for the extra buttons through an application that runs on the Xbox One. That's a big deal, especially for fighters yeah. too. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like everything I'm hearing about this, it's something that is potentially well worth the money. Okay. All right. Let's move on to some more games. We also got, of course, the big Fallout 4 announcement. They had already had the Bethesda announcement, uh, Presser the Day 4, but they talked quite a bit more about it here as well, too, talking about how you're the sole survivor of uh, Vault 101, and it's 200 years after the nuclear disaster, and you basically come out. It's going to be huge open world obviously as you'd expect there's going to be uh, a bunch of second screen options also with the ios and they talked about that as well too just because of that collector's edition pip boy yep oh dude i pre-ordered it did you really i was i was it's the first time that i've wanted to do that so bad. oh dude so did i so did I. I was talking to people about it because I I had it said, boom, it's available. And I went and I did the pre-order and I was on the last confirmed screen. And it's kind of one of those things where I was so excited about it that I wasn't paying attention. I was just put it through and make sure it's for the PC because I wanted that one. I went through the, 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 the process and everything and then did the shipping and then the, it, it tacked on the taxes. And I'm at the confirm payment at the end and it was like 180 bucks and that's when i that's stopped you, yeah i stopped myself and went no 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 i can't yeah i, I can't saw your do tweet that. about that and i was like whoa no because <laughs> for you guys it's 120 bucks for us yeah. it's yeah. like 150 something 160 something 132 after tax and uh, delivery and then you oh so see i would do that that's that's nothing i could do that so and this is important to me, too, because this is the first time in the longest time that I've actually wanted a collector's yeah, edition. Yeah. Because most of them have been, like, statues or, like, I don't need extra tchotchkes laying around. I have enough shit. Um, but this, like, I'm looking at it, I'm like, I can use it. It's something It's something that I will actually use in the game. Like, this is cool. This is worth the money to me. 
And I turned to Renee and I'm like, should I or shouldn't I? She's like, you're going to do it anyway. And if you don't get it, I'm never going to hear the end of it. So just fucking order it. <laughs> well, it's awesome. And I've been telling people the same thing too. Like I, I can only. And it comes in fat guy wrist. I don't want a freaking statue anymore. <laughs> I've got enough statues. But this is like. And of course, my freaking wife doesn't help because she's like, well, just buy it. And I'm going, no, <laughs> it's 180 bucks. Yeah, but it'll be something that you'll like. Stop it. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I didn't pick it up. But anyways, for folks who did not see it, that 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 Pip-Boy, you can actually put your smartphone in it. They're going to have iOS and Android apps to replicate the Pip Boy OS, and it's going to tie in with the game. So, whatever you do on your Pip Boy will actually work in the goddamn game. How cool is that? And if for those of you that don't want to spend $135 or $180, you can still use it on your smartphone or tablet if you really want to. And then just duct tape that to your wrist. So, anyways, that was goddamn awesome. I think that that kind of wins as best collector's edition extra oh yeah for years for for years (laughs) and the stuff that we saw for fallout 4 anybody that was expecting next gen graphics were fooling themselves this is basically everything that i was hoping a fallout 4 would be and i'm excited for it and the fact that i of course i won't be picking it up for for xbox one but they're letting you import PC mods onto the Xbox One for that. That's freaking huge. Well, that makes Mm -hmm. sense, right? Because the Xbox One's running Windows 10. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it just makes logical sense. Like, they're starting to bridge that gap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, very awesome stuff. From there, uh, Peter Moore took the stage and bored us with EA Access. Why not pay five bucks extra a month so that you can play games when they come out? Oh, sorry, I mean early. <laughs> yeah, no, I... Stupid bullshit. Plants vs. Zombies 2 trailer, the Garden Warfare thing. Um, we did not play, my son and I did not play it on PC. Even though I, I actually we picked it up for on that Humble Bundle sale that time. We just haven't had a chance to play it. But we played it on PS4, and I really wasn't digging it myself, Garden Warfare. I don't know if you guys played it at all. I've not touched it. Nope. Because it's supposed to be fairly big. I mean, people, other people do like it. So, but I'm not that excited for, for two. There are so many other um, first person shooters that I'm a lot more excited for, or even the kind of Overwatch first person shooter slash mobile kind of thing. There's so many others that I'm far more excited for. Mm -hmm. They also talked about, um, Forza Motorsport 6, which we're not going to talk about here because it's a racing game, but goddamn, it looks awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love that shit. And then um, we got the announcement for Dark Souls 3, which is coming out in early 2016. We got, uh, what else have we got? We got a lot of The Division. Lots of The yeah. Division. We got a lot more news about what it is as well. The story behind it, a lot more... Um, a lot more gameplay as well. And while I'm not going to say it's going to be a day one purchase for me, 
a large part of that is because it's Ubisoft, and my my, <laughs> my trust is fairly low with Ubisoft right now. But I really do want to play this game big time. Yeah, yeah. I but I am feeling the same way you are after Watch Dogs. I'm like, eh. <laughs> it looks so good, and then I just don't want to be disappointed. Yeah. I guess that's the feeling I have. They also talked a lot about Rainbow Six Siege, which also looks good, although I'm more interested in The Division than Rainbow Six. I don't know about you guys. The Division seems like it's more up our alley. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not particularly interested in any of them, so that's me. Uh, what else? Uh, Gigantic. That was a, the, that first-person shooter kind of TF2-type game. Um, there was a bunch of indie platformers that they talked about as well, too. Again, they, they didn't spend as much okay. time this year as they did last year to really promote their support of indie developers, but they're obviously there. We got another Sword Coast Legends video as well. And I actually saw another video later on as well where they were interviewing one of the devs and they were talking a lot more about the um, the Dungeon Master mode and what you'll be able to do and whatnot. I'm assuming, Vince, you caught all of that as well. Yeah, I'm getting more and more excited about the tools they're giving us yeah. because a lot of the press went through a specific demo and it was pretty much the same experience but one of the important things is at the beginning of the demo they built well they didn't build a town they used a pre-existing town but they set up this town and they built an npc from scratch with not just race and class and whatnot but personality and background and were able to write their own script for the npc obviously it wouldn't be voiced but you can still put your own dialogue into the game with triggers and I mean, you essentially can build your own game from what I've seen so far. And that was the one big question mark was how expansive the Dungeon Master mode would be. And it's looking pretty good for me. Yeah. Joe, you see these? I think that it's going to be everything that every D&D nerd has been asking for for the last 20 years. <laughs> like I said on, on Twitter, we need this shit on HoloLens. <laughs> Yes. somebody yeah. needs yeah. to make it's this really happen cool. so that we can have this on our kitchen table in much the same way as Minecraft was. We need that. All right, let's move on. There was uh, some of the other games they talked about. They talked about uh, Cubhead was freaking awesome. Uh, <laughs> that I love the old style kind of oh, it, like goodness. 30s silent Steve film. Billy style. Oh, yeah. my God. It was freaking looked awesome. And then Beyond Eyes which is mm -hmm. the story of that young blind girl. I'd actually seen some trailers for this beforehand, but not as much. So I was happy to see this. There was some freaking cool gameplay mechanics at work here that are, well, to use a terrible pun, kind of open our eyes to what that life is like. And I really, really, really dig it. I, of course, I, I loved Unfinished Swan. So this is kind of, you know, that kind of mentality, that gameplay. So I'm really excited to play this game. And yeah, then, I'm really, really looking forward to that one. Yeah, yeah, that one's up my alley. What else we got here? We got some, oh, they talked about the game preview stuff, which is actually kind of awesome. We'll be able to preview a lot of stuff. Of course, that's Xbox as well kind of thing. But you'll be able to do some, some trials and whatnot. They talked about Ion the sci-fi from the Daisy 
developer, which they actually, I saw a few videos for, for Ion as well, which really looked cool as well. There, there, there's some very interesting stuff happening there. And then the big fucking one for me, the rise of the Tomb Raider. <laughs> that for me, that is probably the reason like we talked about before for the Xbox one, not enough for me, but God damn the stuff that we saw in this trailer with that winter cave mountain and everything going on. Jesus, that looked awesome. I was extremely impressed. <laughs> I couldn't, I was sitting here and I was like, Ooh, Ooh. And then I start clapping. I'm like, Oh, yep. This is going to be my game. <laughs> so you played through the, the, the recent remake. Right. And you loved it, of course. I loved it. Okay. I thought it was amazing. I, I was really happy that they did like the Tomb Raider series justice with that one. Yeah. Hell, that was the the remake of like my favorite remakes, I guess. <laughs> it's what we needed. It was what it absolutely needed. Yeah. Yep. It's funny, if I look at my notes for the I'm looking at my notes and I've got like little comments beside each of the games and, and all that. And for Tomb Raider, I've got a bunch of comments and then one of the comments is outrunning an avalanche and then sliding down ice dot 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 Jesus H Christ. <laughs> <laughs> like some of the things that were happening and it brought about that same feeling as I got when I was playing that the remake there the, just recently where you're playing it and it's like, Holy Christ, I can't believe that just happened or she pulled that off. Like when she's jumping between the, um, the ice mountain uh, between different spots and whatnot, and she's flying in the air. And yes, I know it's unbelievable that anybody can do that, but they make it just close enough that it's almost believable yeah. and you do hold your breath. And there were definitely some moments here where I'm like, Oh my God, this looks incredible. I'm wondering like, the, the the thing that about the remake that really made me happy was all the gotcha moments because there's a lot of things where they just hit you with shit that you were not expecting. And we've been around the block, so it's not like we're more new to this type of thing. I'm wondering how they're going to replicate that now with Rise of the Tomb Raider, like how that's going to happen because they have to go so over the top with what they've already done. And yes, the avalanche stuff is is over the top. But now they've kind of ruined that surprise. So I'm kind of yeah. curious what yeah. the next big thing's going to be. Like, where, where are my oh shit moments going to be? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure there's a lot of them. Let's be honest. I have reason I, to believe that they'll be there. Yeah, really. Oh, yeah. I actually, I don't know if you guys agree, but I felt that it had more of an Uncharted feel to it, which is ironic seeing as Uncharted pulled from Tomb Raider. But it kind of had that, that feel to it at points. And I say that in a positive way. Well, I mean, let's be honest about it, right? So when Uncharted came out, we all made the same, everybody made the same correlation. Hey, look, it's Tomb Raider with, you know, Nathan Drake. It's cool. It's the next evolution of that type of franchise. Cool. We can deal with it. And then it got awesome. And then it became even better. And then we just, every every iteration of it was, was further and further along of the awesome chain. Even the new one that's going to be coming out is going to be pretty oh freaking awesome from whatever... But Tomb Raider took it, took itself and, and st- stepped back and said, let's look at everything we've influenced between when we came out to where we are now for the remake. And they, it's no surprise to me that there's the similarities there because they were like, they did it right. We need to borrow from that. We need to build off that. And I'm okay with that because what we got was fucking gold. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, following on that, they talked about the, the, the 
pirate game? What is it? A Sea of Thieves, I believe. A sea of Thieves. Yeah. Um, I don't know if either of you guys were interested eh. in watching that. It's a pirate. It's a pirate MMO. Eh. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy to see that Rare is back to making video games. I guess that's the best I can say about <laughs> it. Because anything that came before this did not look like a game that I wanted to, to even remotely play. Now, because it was Rare, and I hate them for this, when they started doing the intro before they showed, like, pirates, I thought it was going to be, like, a Donkey Kong pirate game, <laughs> and you would have fucking had me. Like, if it was, like, a Rare Donkey Kong-style game, done. All right, let's move on from there. They also talk some more about the fables um they actually are fable legends i should say they they there was some other videos also that i watched on this i mean there's a lot of things that i i a i'm never buying another fable game <laughs> anyway but there's a lot of things with this that did look like it'd be fun to to play um whether or not it actually is who knows but there were a few things that were, were interesting. It's just that, unfortunately for me, Fable was pretty much had it now. Yeah, they burned all the bridges with me. Yeah. <laughs> I can't which, get hyped for it. Which is Mulling too bad. You. Yeah, he's yeah. not even there anymore, and he screwed it up for everybody. So there, we got some other Gears of Wars news and things like that, which I'm not as interested in. But the big news, of course, was the HoloLens. Yeah. bit that they did and yeah. where they showed the Minecraft and the guy playing Minecraft first on the wall and then moving it over to the table and, and she's playing on the surface but she shows up her avatar on the table in real time that shit blew everybody's mind now, the one thing that people have been very quick to point out is that there's some smoke and magic going on here because, mm -hmm. or smoke and mirrors, I should say, sorry, uh, because the the field of vision on the hollow lens wouldn't actually allow for it to look like it did during this demo. So they made they made it a point to say that too afterwards, where they said that what you see on the table or the camera is going to be different than what you see through the, through yeah. the lens of the, uh, yeah. Lens. Cause they make it seem as if you see everything. And of course you don't, it's, it's the, the way they describe it is basically the size of a pack of cards, playing cards in front of your eyes. And then, so it would kind of cut out at those points, which is disappointing. But once again, the tech is still so goddamn advanced anyways, that I'm still all right with that. Like a, the, Again, that presentation was nuts, nuts, crazy fucking cool nuts. And then I saw <laughs> some other stuff later on where they also talked about the HoloLens. And there was one demo that they took people in for, and it was a Halo demo. I don't know if you guys watched this video where they were brought into a room and there's like a conference table and there's like the, in the middle holograms of the different creatures and different things like that come to life. And you sit down and you, you look at this briefing and you follow the, like the HUD of the game appears in the, on the HoloLens as well. So you see the, the markers of how far the wall is and different things like that. It was fucking unbelievable. It, it was just, I keep talking to my son about it because we talking about all the VR and this, the AR for this and whatnot and saying like, I'm, I'm so happy that this is happening in my lifetime because I wouldn't have <laughs> thought that it would. And it's just so 
unbelievably cool. Yeah, it, it, like you're right. It's it's not a uh, accurate representation, but as far as a proof of concept, I, I'm a hundred percent behind it. And God, I I haven't been able to stop thinking about the potential since that presentation. Yes, the idea of all the different stuff you can do with AR is just extremely exciting to me from a video game standpoint. And I just I'm at the edge of my seat waiting for more and just watching the news saying, please say something else about it because I want to see more. And I imagine I'm going to be like that until I have one in my hands. <laughs> well, especially for us as storytellers, right? This is such a, an awesome potential tool for any of our stories to come to life. Like if we ever get to that point and for anybody else that wants to tell a story, you can do some really cool shit. Well, you can do animated books. I mean, they did that in with the, the PlayStation I for Sony, but it wasn't that successful. And also it it was really hard for what types of stories they could do. They needed to, again, you're the Sony is not a book publisher, but essentially that's kind of what this is writing the stories and doing the art and all that. So it just, it, it didn't do well, but again, picture this again, it's just, you can be, and, and, and in this case here, the field of vision makes no difference at all because you just place a book or whatever in front of you and then have that visual novel kind of thing going on or, or whatever. My God, that would be freaking gold. That would be unbelievably cool. And if you could do it in such a way that the, the, we say we could develop all of this using different apps and whatnot, and then just release it in the Microsoft store or whatever, like Jesus, that would be incredible. Take all of my money. That is yours. Yeah. (laughs) So I, yeah, the, it's coming out in first year of 2016 and it's uh wow i want one so bad so all right let's move on to sony amir we're gonna let you take this one so yeah sony for me had a pretty impressive press yeah, conference oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> just a bit <laughs> just a little bit uh they started off finally putting in our hands uh last guardian and we've Obviously, been waiting for The Last Guardian for a long time. A lot of people play Shadow of Colossus uh, or extremely hyped for it. So we finally got a trailer. And while I don't know all of what was going on, I, I thought it looked pretty freaking cool. Uh, the dog guardian bird thing. Chicken puppy. <laughs> chicken puppy. Chicken puppy. Uh, that's the best way to put it. Okay, chicken puppy. Uh, and the boys' interactions with each other looked pretty cool. And the game is gorgeous. Uh, yes, I, I, I love it. <laughs> I want it. I want more. Uh, and I'm glad that they finally put something out there for it. All I know is when that chicken puppy was crying because the, the, the little boy was like falling and everything like that. Yep. My dog was running around the apartment trying to figure out where the other dog was. <laughs> <What> the noise? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the different interactions they have with each other throughout the game because apparently at the start of the game, it doesn't trust you all that much and then the relationship gets tighter. So that should be fucking awesome. This uh, is the unicorn that we honestly, the more they kept saying, yeah, yeah, you'll get it, the more most of us thought, no, we're never going to yeah, see this. Yeah, I thought this was done. <laughs> yeah, so the fact that it is coming out, I'm thrilled. I'm 
really excited for it. And I like the style. Like they were talking about it and saying like, because it's as old as it is too, the graphic style is not what you would necessarily expect from games now, but because it's not a super ultra realistic style, it's stylish, not ultra realistic. It, I think it still looks fantastic. Yeah, me too. I thought it looked very pretty. Yeah. Well, it, it's that the light style kind of helps it a lot too, right? Like that yeah. super bright washed out, like that Shadow of Colossus style, which is funny because I have a Shadow of Colossus background on my computer right now. Um, <laughs> but it's that, that art style really lends itself well to not necessarily having to have the highest mm-hmm. quality. And that's kind of cool. That's supposed to be coming sometime in 2016. We'll hold, we'll hold our breath, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they followed that up with a game that knocked my socks off. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Horizon Zero Dawn. Yes. yes. I can't, I don't know anyone who watched this game and was not like, oh my god, I want to play this. So this is from Guerrilla Games, the people who made Killzone, which I thought was a pretty awesome series, but the world in this game looks so gorgeous. And dinosaur, bionic robot things... Holy crap. <laughs> this is like a take I like on post. There's a ton of post-apocalyptic games out there. Like we've talked about like four of them already. Uh, but this is an interesting take on it. The world is a thousand years after like what our world is now. And there's some kind of apocalypse thing that happened. And now you have robots that have apparently been developed by people. But that's what you're going to find out throughout the game. And the character you play is a hunter that hunts for parts of these things. And you build your weapons and such out of the parts of these uh, animals. I guess that's the best way to call them. Uh, But, man, I was excited about how gorgeous it was and excited to see a giant bio T-Rex come out of the woods. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about you, but all I could hear was uh, Dr. Malcolm going, life, uh, life finds a way. <laughs> <laughs> now, like, a lot of this really uh, reminded me uh, of Enslaved, uh, the Odyssey to the West, which was a really yeah. underrated game that nobody played but me. But as far as like the art direction and their twist on like a post-apocalyptic future, it has a lot of very similar feelings in addition to being completely awesome in its own right. I love that it's yet another game with a strong female protagonist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently this game almost didn't get made because it had a yeah, strong yeah. female protagonist. I read that uh, shortly after E3, so I'm excited to see that it's still coming. Yeah. Next year sometime. <laughs> then they followed it up with uh, Hitman. I think they had already saw some of it during the Square Enix uh, conference, but... I- I was surprised that it didn't have uh, another title coming after it, but it looks gorgeous. And <laughs> I've not been a huge fan of the Hitman series, uh, but this one looks like something I might want to play. See, I would have liked the last one more, except that the con- control scheme was such crap. I found that on PC, it played horribly. It was clunky as shit. So I stopped playing. Otherwise, I would have kept playing. I bought that one. I ran into the same issues, then I put it down. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, exactly what happened. <laughs> I've not touched it since. But I mean, this looks interesting. I, what, what, what was your take on it, Joe? Eh? Like, I'm not, I'm not a big Hitman fan. Like, the first games were cool back in the days of like Max Payne and Hitman. It was like, yeah. 
that was the shit. And it was, you know, the violent game of the time. And you were this badass assassin. And it was before, like, Assassin's Creed was really a thing. And <laughs> it just kind of played itself out. It's like what I'm seeing is basically Skyrim with Hitman. And I'm not exactly sold on it. Like, it just did not sing to me. Yeah, Fair. I'm with Joe on this one. Fair. I It looked cool. I probably won't buy it because of all the other stuff that comes out. <laughs> right. I got, I got other games that I would rather play. Yeah. Uh, then I was actually really surprised they followed it up with Street Fighter, which is going to be a PS4 and PC exclusive. Mm-hmm. And it looks amazing. <laughs> it does. I know there's not a big thing around here, but I, I'm like, man, I'm picking up the Street Fighter game. Oh no, Glad they, I they were running. <laughs> they were running tournaments all weekend that I or all week that I was just watching religiously because the the actual yes. game itself looks solid. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. One of the one of the dudes I raid with is a competitive um, uh, fighter gamer, mm-hmm. and he was just losing his shit. Like he was just like, "Oh, oh God! Like I need this." That's like Why one of my old coworkers. Now? He was the yeah. same way, and he organizes these things and stuff here in Philly. So he 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 lost it. <laughs> so I have an idea that I will be able to see uh, some of this live and watching some competitive players play. Oh man, maybe I'll pick it up again. Uh, so that's coming out uh, next year, March, I believe. Yeah, yeah, spring. Uh, then there was another game that I'm kind of torn on how to feel about this, especially since Elite Dangerous is out there. You better not be but talking no, about No Man's Sky. <laughs> no Man's Sky. <laughs> there is you're not no doubt. Speak ill of No Man's Sky on this podcast. <laughs> I'm not speaking ill of it. I actually think that this is something I will end up buying. I just was, I, these, all right, so I'll put it like this. Open world <laughs> games, open world <laughs> games are games that I never complete. I have played probably about 30 hours of Witcher, and I haven't done maybe but five of the main quests in the game. How many of those hours are spent playing Gwent? Probably about eight <laughs> to ten, just playing cards. Yep. And this is the thing. This is a problem I have with games. I don't end up completing them because they're so open. And I love open world games, but I hate them at the same time. You give me too much stuff to do. And this game looks like it's going to have a shit ton of stuff to do. I, I, he just jumped into a random world that he'd never been to, and all shit broke loose there. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. I want it. I think it's going to be that game that you make a lifetime dedication to it, and that's what's going to happen. I... This is going to be like my Skyrim. I pop into Skyrim, and I just play Skyrim. I don't have any particular goal or something I want to do. I just go, Village and then stuff happens. Yeah, I mean, so this is going to be like that to me. I mean, I'll just be busy, like, arranging the farewell for Roger, because I'm pretty sure we're never going to hear from him again once this comes out. <laughs> I actually was saying, I was talking to my son when we were watching it, and I was saying, this might be the first game that I pick up both for ps4 and pc at the same time because they announced it's going to be coming out for pc as well at the same time and i might just pick it up for both because i am that goddamn excited for this this game (laughs) when when he zoomed out and then just kept zooming and zooming out and and and, i mean before he even said let's just zoom faster i was impressed everybody was impressed we're like wow that's like 10 times the game that i thought we were gonna get and then it's like we're just going to go a little faster <laughs> and then you just zoom out and you're like, Oh my God. Like, w- yeah, I'll buy both. Sure. 
because I want this running all the time in every room in the house. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things I find most interesting about this game is everybody's just chomping at the bit, wanting to know more about the gameplay and and exactly how it's going to play. And he doesn't want to tell you that. He's, mm-hmm. You just have to take it on faith. He's like, and there have been like a lot of closed doors interviews and stuff that I, I, I've you know heard about. He's like, he wants you to figure it out for yourself. He wants to give you the universe and see what you're going to do. He doesn't want to tell you how you know, to play the game. And and I you know I actually really do appreciate that because we were having a discussion on Twitter a couple of days ago. I uh, mean, a few people about how data mining ruins games, right? Mm-hmm. How learning too much before a game comes out just ruins your entire perception of that game and colors your gameplay experience before you ever have a chance to experience it for yourself. I can appreciate the fact that he's, that he wants you to go into this game, not knowing nearly anything aside from like, it's gigantic and gorgeous and figure out what you're doing because you get to have a unique experience that you can then talk about with other people. And it kind of makes it a lot more organic of an experience. When's the last time we had a video game that did that? Not since we started this podcast. When's the last time a developer has not hyped a game up to the point where, you know, like they tell you every fucking thing about that game? Well, I think I'm saying the one off the top of my head right now. Yeah. So, I mean, I appreciate this. I really do appreciate it because all it's doing for me is growing my need to play this goddamn game. Because <laughs> you Eventually. want more and you're not getting it. You're just like, give me exactly. more. But you don't really want more. You well, <laughs> we we did get some. I mean, we did get some news here. Like the, the fact yeah. that we found out that it, there's going to be classes. There's going to be three classes. Not huge differences between them, but there's going to be three different classes. And then talking about the upgrades for like the ship, the 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 your suit, and then there's like lower and the different weapons can be upgraded. Like these are all things that we didn't know before. Like that now we did. Robot police. Yeah, like all of that stuff. In the game. Well, also <laughs> the permanents too. Like when they were saying like you destroy a rock, okay, that's not a big deal, but you destroy a space station where they land and that's <laughs> actually going to stay there for any other players that come to that planet as well. So there was a lot of cool stuff that was said. I, the, actually, cool. the, the coolest thing that I heard them talk about was because people keep asking them if there's going to be day and night cycles in the game. And they're like, well, yeah, if you go to the planet and you're on the side that's opposite the sun, you're going to be <laughs> in, in night. But it's there's there's day and night in the game, but only because the planets behave as they should, rotating oh. around the sun. So you get natural day and night cycles throughout the game. It's ridiculous. It's freaking yeah. awesome. It's <laughs> the scope awesome. of this game is absolutely fucking ridiculous. Plus the mind-boggling to me. Where you are on the planet, not just in terms of if it's a on the, the brighter side or if you're in the night cycle of whatever, but the whether it's wildlife or whatever will be different based on that as well. Much like what we see here with the different wildlife coming to life at night kind of thing. It's freaking awesome. Yeah. They, 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 they won my heart with this game. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we got something weird. <laughs> I don't know how to describe dreams. I watched the trailer like four times trying to see if I can put something together from it. And it looks really cool, but I don't know what to take of it. It's from Media Molecule, and you get to create your own worlds or your own dreams. And the trailer was everywhere, but you get to use it, the motion capabilities of your DualShock 
to paint your own world in the game, and then you can bring those uh, creations to life uh, using motion capture. Looks really cool. Looks really weird. Looks like a goddamn tool video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Is, I've not heard go. it described that way. Weird was all I got. Tool video is extremely apt description. Seriously, like I'm watching this, I'm like, the '90s are back, man. The '90s are back. This is this is this had to have been what they used to make the tool videos back in the day. <laughs> the way that I looked Matt. at it, I and I I like Media Molecule. Like we play their games and really yeah. like them, and I like the way that they build their tools as well too to allow you to use them. When I saw this, I if it weren't for the fact that I like I work with different with my son with different things with different book stuff and, and game stuff and whatnot. But like, if it wasn't for that, I probably would have looked at this and thought, well, this is kind of weird, but I saw the video and thought possibilities. And what I need to find out more of is what the licensing will be with this. Now, let me give you an example. Let's say I'm writing a visual novel. Well, I need those images and it'd be nice to have some videos in there periodically as well. Can I, use this to create those still images as well as videos and then put them in my visual novel and sell it. That's what I need to find out because if so, this has made its way to the top of my must have list because it's a tool much like poser or any of those 3d tools. This is a tool. And by virtue of the fact that it's so user friendly it could actually be a more powerful tool for the kind of thing that we want to do than could any 3D Max or, or 3D dedicated 3D program could. It all just depends on who owns the rights to whatever you create. And I think that's going to be really interesting because that's that's been a topic of hot debate now too, especially with like YouTubers and things like that. Yeah. So I'm I'm really curious how that's going to shake. Cause I have that same thought too. Like this is a really cool tool and there's lots of really cool stuff out there. Um, like there are companies like manga studio makes it a big point. Like when you're using poser and using their stuff, you own it. You're just using you, your license yeah. allows you to do it. They're like, you're using our tools to make something creative, go forth and, and populate the world with beautiful things. Uh, if that's how this is absolutely with you on that, it's something that I'm going to have to pick up if it's one of those things where they own the rights to it completely because it's, you know, on their platform or, you know, Sony owns the rights to it completely. I'm going to have to second guess that. choice. Oh, I won't even buy it. If, if I don't own the rights to the creations, I'm not going to bother picking it up. But if I own the rights to it, I'm picking it up day one. Sony now has exclusive rights to your dreams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound like a Sony thing to do at all. So they're apparently going to be talking more about this in Paris Games Week in October. So we'll see more. We'll see if they answer some of those kind of questions. Uh, They followed it up with New Destiny. Now, this was already leaked, so we already knew the Taken King was going to be uh, the title of the new Destiny expansion. Uh, We're going to get new classes. Yay. No, new subclasses. New subclasses, I'm sorry. Specializations or whatever, yeah. Spec. Uh, You get the Night Stalker for the Hunter. Uh, Shadow Shot is one of the abilities of the bow that they get. You get the Titan Sunbreaker class. Uh, And then you get the the Warlock's uh, Electric there. 
Yeah, it made me think enough. of a freaking Sith, <laughs> Sith imp- yeah, Inquisitor. It <laughs> very much did. I, I thought I thought the subclasses were freaking awesome, like really yes. cool. I th- that was what I was looking forward to getting in season pass. Yes, but I did. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And now I have to shell out another forty dollars for more Destiny content, and they're they're really trying to hurt my pockets. Wow. And if what? you want new emotes. Yeah. If you want new emotes with it, now you have to buy the game and the expansion oh. and, and the season pass content to get emotes. The worst part of that is those two idiots from Bungie going, well, uh, we we understand you think it's too much, but we've already sold most of them. <laughs> so yeah. obviously there's a yeah. call for it. And it's I saw the you, interview and I was just arrogant calling. I'm like, no, people really said this. Wow. Yeah. I could have been convinced even to buy it, but then I'm like, you know, I'll probably just pick it up by itself because this is stupid. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're putting in enough to make it worthwhile, that collector's version one, then fine. But I mean, they're not. Yeah, there's another exotic and and the emotes, but I mean, it's not enough to for me to want to buy that game and the expansions again. I already did that once. Thank you very much. All right. The best quote was, if you see the emotes, you throw money at the screen. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. (laughs) See, the reason I played so much Destiny last year is because there was fucking nothing else out last year. So I had plenty of free time to play Destiny. This year, not so much. And seeing what they considered value for your dollar on content from the first season, I'm pretty hesitant about... uh, what what how much value we're going to get out of the taken king well no i don't think that's fair i and and i agree with you in terms of there hasn't been enough in that season past didn't get us enough i i agree with all of that but here and i'm not even talking about that collectors that has all of the original stuff mm-hmm. but for the 40 yeah, just the 40 i think even the 40 is a little high yeah i will say that 40 is too high for sure but for what you're getting with the new gear, the new multiplayer maps, the new all the different stuff, the new subclasses is huge because it inserts a lot of different gameplay. Like there's sure. a lot there that we know about. It's not like you're buying another season pass that you don't know what you're gonna get for it. This is boom. Here's all the things you're getting, and there's quite a bit there actually. Yeah, how, how many story missions are we getting? Oh no, no, yeah, no, no. I agree, yeah. But but really, if I laid awake worried about how many story missions that I might eventually get in in, in Destiny, eh, there might be a problem that I need more meds <laughs> I for. I don't care so much about the story. I, I would like the missions, <laughs> yeah. half of it at least. Hey, just give us more. Yeah. I don't know. I'll, I'll probably pick it up at some point, but, man, I, every time I look at Destiny, I'm like, I have already put, you know, 100 bucks into you, and now I have to tack on another 40 <laughs> yeah, but it's continuing. I, and I don't mean yeah. to defend it too much because, again, I've, I've bitched about it's, it plenty. But I actually still do play. Not all the time, not nearly as much as before. But I still bounce in fairly regularly and I'll, I'll cross-play on my Vita. And uh, and I still I still love playing that game. And I but, have enjoyed the new stuff with the the recent Expansion. Wolves. Yeah. So Wolves is actually really good. There's I a lot of good stuff lot. in it. So I actually was excited for the Taken King. I'm not excited about the pricing structure and other shit like that, but I still am kind of excited for this. Yep. I just hope they don't toss a season pass on top oh, of Oh, you've got shut up. 
<laughs> shut <laughs> up. You shut your mouth. Get ready for season two. Yeah. All right, moving on. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we saw Assassin's Creed Syndicate afterwards. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm hard to hype for Assassin's Creed games these days at this point because there's a new Assassin's Creed game every year, and the last one was terrible. Yeah, I didn't mind Unity, actually. Yeah. I, I'm pretty happy with the fact that I think the last Assassin's Creed game I played was the best one, and I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> Black Flag was the height of the franchise, and I don't need to look any farther. Dude, it was on sale on Steam, and I almost bought it. And then I stopped myself. It's like, I cannot buy any more Assassin's Creeds until I finish at least one of these son of a bitches in my library. You haven't finished any of them? Jeez. No. I've played through three, but I haven't finished them. And, and, and at least one of them, it's pitifully low amount of hours playing it. I mean, I loved one. I loved two. And all its offshoots. I hated three. Absolutely loved four. And I didn't mind Unity. I actually did not mind it at all. The story from it was actually interesting. Gameplay and some of the stuff that was buggy with it, sure aside. Um, I'm actually happy that I picked it up. I picked it up for $5, but I'm still happy I picked it up. Lucky bastard. And you also picked it up like six months after it came out. Once so all that shit it. was patched. Yep, I absolutely. Bought it, I bought it like three days after release, and then I traded it in four days after that. That's yeah. how much I hated it. I don't trade in games normally. <laughs> but I'm, uh, I'm willing to give this one a, a chance. I, I'm, I'm good with it. Fair enough. You tell me, and I'll decide if I want to buy it after I get enough good reviews from other people. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going out in October, October 23rd. Uh, then they followed it up with a game that I thought was really, really interesting. It's Firewatch. Uh, and the... The company that makes is Campo Santo. These are some of the same people that came from Rational, uh, Telltale, and Fulbright. Um, so this is a story game, it looks like. Story adventure game. First person, where you take the role of Henry, a man who is working a firewatch in Wyoming in 1989. Uh, basically, we heard him talking with his supervisor, Delilah, back and forth in it. And I thought it sounded really interesting. Um, just their dynamic between each other. And apparently it builds on that as more stuff comes up along the lines. Uh, the trailer was really cool looking. It didn't show up too much, but I'm excited to see where this game goes as I am a big fan of the, the story, telltale kind of games. I thought it was kind of cool that like you get a little glimpse of you're out there looking for, uh, looks like two people that are lost. Um, at least at one point, that's what they're talking about. And then that, that little comment, like there's a lot of, it looks like it's going to be a mystery style game too, which mm-hmm. I'm very, very okay with. Uh, because when that, that one little comment she makes, like if you're out looking for them, who's in your tower? And it was just one of those things yeah. like, oh shit, things just got real. And then it cut. And I'm like, oh, oh damn. Well, you, you know how to get me to want to play this game. God damn you. I'm interested. I'm keeping my eye on it. But right now, like at least for me personally, the art style isn't quite lining up with the tone of the game for me at this point. It looks like Team Fortress. Mm-hmm. I, I guess that's the best way to put it. It looks like TF2, which doesn't particularly bother me, but I get where you're coming from on that, definitely. That's coming out later on this year, apparently, so we'll see. Uh, and then the fanboys collectively shit their pants. Final Fantasy VII. Several remake. times in a row. <laughs> Final Fantasy Remake was announced 
and the world went crazy. I have to say that I'm really surprised that I didn't hear anything about this until E3. They kept this shit under lock. <laughs> yeah. The, the first I heard about it was like the afternoon before. And everybody was like, shut up. That's never going to happen. <laughs> right. like, the amount we, we get these rumors every year. And of course, yeah. this year I was hearing, oh, you know, Yu Suzuki's teasing Shenmue. Yeah, shut up. Yeah, oh, Final Fantasy is going to show up at the Final Fantasy. Like, shut up. The Last Guardian actually exists. That'll never happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is going to be a remake, not um, a remaster. So they said they might take some creative liberties with it. Oh, which yeah. has people worried. Uh, judging from Joe's voice, he's a little worried about it. <laughs> I'm actually excited that they're doing something slightly different with the game because I've owned it five times already. Yeah, yeah <laughs> how many times have I played that game? I, uh, I appreciate I, that, but I have a feeling like I know what they're going to change. Like I have a feeling that Cloud's not going to be in a dress. Um, and those weird little moments like that that aren't really... They actually gave interviews where they said that crazy shit is going to stay intact. Staying in it, the game. Okay, yep. it better fucking stay in that game. It's uh, staying in the game. Uh, I, I the think it's going to be that... more along the lines of stuff they wanted to do but couldn't at the time. Yeah. I will accept that. <laughs> I, I think they'll add a little bit uh, more story-type stuff to flesh out like some of the translation. And they might change the combat. That's what it sounds like. They might change the combat system in the game. Do we think they're going to go to the real time, or do you think you're going to they're going to go to the like the Final Fantasy like lightning style? I think they're going to go to like real time. I think it's going to actually end up looking kind of like what Final Fantasy uh, 15 is combat system looks yeah. like. Actually, they're probably going to go <laughs> with the 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 iOS route, and you can attack, but only once every 20 minutes. <laughs> but if you give them 99 cents, you can attack right away. <laughs> no, no, this is, this is Sony. It would be more like, uh, or this is Square Enix. It would be more like, I don't know, $10. Yeah. But it comes with a Fantasia potion. I Well, what obviously everyone's excited for this. I yeah. imagine I'm going to own Final Fantasy VII saying. for the sixth time. So <laughs> that is what it is. Uh then we got something a little more interesting from Square Enix on top of the PlayStation uh, announcement. World of Final Fantasy? Did anybody know about this? No, it no. came out of nowhere. Yeah, I didn't know about it. I didn't know about it either. And the way they described it, I, I don't know if they're supposed to like bridge the gap for you to get into Final Fantasy games. It's like I think it's more of a fan service game, game for long-time players. It's just like a fun little cutesy fan service game is what I see it as. Maybe. I think I they are. I, in fact, I think I heard them say during another interview that they are looking at this, like Amir said, to to hmm. be that intro for some people to get into the game, which is also why they modeled that yeah. cutesy look like they did to appeal to a broader range and to bring in more young people because right now they feel that there's a lot of older players because the IP has been around for so long. So this could kind of spark a new interest in it. Yeah, I the can see that as well. Basically along the lines of our game uh, lore and games have gotten too big and this could be your intro to people yeah. who are scared to jump in at like Final Fantasy 15 or something. Uh, and then we got Shenmue 3. And then fanboys shit their pants again. 
You didn't have My that couch much time was freaking messy, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you did not have time to recover. I saw Shenmue 3 after the Final Fantasy thing, and I think I died. And then I got resurrected. <laughs> if you Phoenix want to see down. some hilarity, go look at my Twitter feed from last Tuesday. Oh, I was watching. <laughs> or Monday. Yeah, it was Monday. It was Monday. And yeah, it was crazy. So this one that I was pretty weird because they followed it up with a Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Yes, That's what good advertising for a Kickstarter. But it, that, that was one of those things that confused me. And I was talking about this with Renee. A lot like, of people are confused. It's like, yeah. was it one of those things where he said, I want to make this game? And they were like, we don't think there's enough pull for it. And he goes, put me on stage in an event and put it on Kickstarter and I'll make it happen. Or if they were saying, the only way you're going to make this happen is if you can get them to, to kick in the money, like everything else that's going on. Because Shenmue seems like one of those games where we've, we talked about this before, where all these games were being told there's no market for them. And now all of a sudden they're exploding all over the fucking Kickstarter, you know, Reign of Blood and, and, and Rare's new game, Ukulele and stuff like that. We're starting to see these games that were told are no market starting to come back. I'm kind of curious what the conversation was behind closed doors that said, yeah, you know what? Shenmue 3, we don't think anybody's going to buy it. You're going to have to get money for it from uh, you're going to have to get a commitment from people before we even say yes. See, it's because at first we were told Sony just wanted to give him the platform. He 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 said, you know, he was looking for somebody to help him make make a, a big launch. And Sony stepped in and said, we'll help you. But then a day later comes out that Sony is one of the companies that's helping fund the game on top of the Kickstarter. So I don't know. It's it's a little iffy and. In this day and age, Kickstarters, we know, need to be a little more transparent. So I, I don't know. But on the other hand, well, that said, care. it's already funded. It's already funded. Yeah, so, I don't yeah. care. It, 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 it literally, it literally, it literally crashed Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. No joke. It, it was ridiculous. It, is, it made like a million dollars an hour. A hundred and four minutes was a okay. million dollars. That was uh, exactly what they said, which is nuts. <laughs> Which, that I mean, I'm not going to say anything because they're getting my fucking money because I need to know what the fuck happens. You see, here's the thing, though. I didn't back it. I didn't back it either. Because, honestly, there's nothing I see there that I'm like, I need to get in on this early. Like, none of the backer rewards really excite me. Like, yeah, okay, I'll get a copy of the game, but I can get a copy of the game in a year and a half when it actually yeah. comes out. Yeah. Sure. So, like, like, like with Bloodstained, I was all on Bloodstained because of the backer rewards. Same thing with uh, Shadowrun Returns. I was going to get the game either way, but they gave me enough stuff on top of my uh, purchase oh, price in the game. In the <laughs> I'm not saying I'm back in the Kickstarter. The minute this is available, they're getting my damn money. Yeah. If Shenmue yeah. had That's... a bag, Vince would be all over that shit. <laughs> Probably. I already well, have a bag. I, I bag. would get the jacket. Yeah. <laughs> Trucker hat. <laughs> oh, dude, if they gave his jacket from the first game. <laughs> okay, we got to move on. We're running later. <laughs> All right, so they followed up with Arkham Knight. I'm sure we've talked about Arkham Knight plenty enough at this point anyway, so wasn't anything that crazy that happened that we didn't know about. Uh, they mentioned Project Morpheus yes. and uh, Riggs. Dude. Which is a, a three-on-three FPS, which uses the headset, which I thought looked cool as shit. <laughs> Riggs was probably, like, there's a lot of shit happened at this E3. There's a lot of very cool shit that happened at this E3 and everything. But if you look at at tech that is actually 
really important for what it means going forward, that was Riggs because you're looking at what could be the future of first-person shooters in VR, a VR environment. So here you go with Morpheus. You can play this freaking balls-to-the-wall mech assault thing that looked cool as shit, (laughs) but have that feeling of being there, being in it, and, and it's so spectacularly well done. And I saw a lot of interviews with them as well afterwards talking about the different tech that they made to make sure that you're not getting that motion sickness and things like that. And I mean, everybody was saying that's the hardest thing to do. You probably want to stay away from that. And it's like, no, we're going to do it, but we'll do it damn well. And in terms of, again, what it means moving forward for not just FPSs on Morpheus, but FPSs on VR, period, and just playing games in VR, like... To me, that was one of the most important games of this whole E3. Get no argument from me. I thought this was exactly what they needed to show off VR. Yeah. Like, this was exactly it. And I can only imagine that it's going to get better from this point. Oh, of course. So I'm super excited to see more stuff like this. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, too, is like, I would have been impressed with a lot less. But this is this genuinely has me interested as a gamer because it's just it looks cool. It just looks like an insanely fun sci-fi type of environment that you can immerse yourself in riding these freaking mech things that looked insane. (laughs) So, like, there's a lot of things about the game that I just thought was genuinely cool and can't wait to try it yep and then <laughs> and then they talked about how they're going to have a cloud-based tv service which will offer a la carte programming yeah. in san francisco and la we can skip that yeah <laughs> then uh call of duty black ops 3 mm. yeah. <laughs> disney infinity 3.0 for star wars got, that was yeah, freaking cool as shit actually <laughs> That, that demo was cool. Been, we we talked about it before with this the Star Wars one for this and uh, and how cool it looked. So I really enjoyed seeing that extra footage of it. It does look freaking. Awesome. I actually bought uh, Infinity Two Point because it was on sale on uh, PlayStation. Hell, it might still be on sale. It was like nine bucks. So I thought, sure, I'll give it a try. I've never tried it, but this the uh, the Star Wars Three stuff looks. Fun. It just looks fun. This might be what gets me into Disney Infinity. Yeah, I've been, like, yeah. Holding off, and I, I really have. I, I, I was working at Best Buy. Like, no, I don't want to look at you. And well, now I'm just like, all right, I, I have to have you. <laughs> the thing is, is that they're talking about the story that's in this too. Like with the mm-hmm. the Star Wars stuff, you're looking at what is uh, Twilight of the Republic, and this is like Clone Wars era that you're going to be playing in. And I was like, okay, well, there you go. I guess I'm buying that and- game. <laughs> Uh, and then Battlefront, uh, which yeah. was also talked about in the EA uh, stuff. And there's been plenty of Battlefront stuff that goes around. Uh, I don't know if you guys have talked about it already. but yeah. uh, At length. Yeah. yeah, November 17th. Yeah. Everyone will be playing it. And then they knocked my socks off again when they ended up with Uncharted at the end. Yeah. I have never played an Uncharted game. I'll preface this with that. 
and now I want to buy all the Uncharted games to play them. If they're anything like what this one looked like, I, I want it, and I want it now. It looks amazing. It looks freaking amazing. I really impressed with that. I was surprised at how good it looked because the other ones looked good. This one just like knocked it out the park. I thought, and the the little chase scene they had going on was amazing. Yeah, yeah, the stuff sliding around there too was cool. The for me, the thing that's got me the most excited for this game is the the relationship with his brother stuff. So that's going to be an added story and an extra character that could be interesting because that's one of the things with the fall of the uncharted games is the the characters are so bloody interesting like all of the characters are people that are so very memorable and fun to be around in the game so i'm really curious what they're going to do with the brother and the relationship between the two of those kind of things so that'd be fun it should be pretty awesome to see and that was pretty much they ended off for sony uh I have to say that I, I do like I liked everything pretty much that Sony put out. Yeah, so Sony's thing was, I was crazy. Really, really excited for the E3. And they've got this E3 thing locked down at this point. They really do. <laughs> yeah, that was that was uh, nice. Let's uh let's quickly move on to uh to Ubisoft next. Vince, you're gonna take this one. We're gonna go through these other ones a little bit faster now because we're running a little bit late, but there were still some fairly cool announcements during these other pressers as well that we'd like to cover. So let's go with the uh, the Ubisoft one next, Vince. Uh, allow me to preface by saying Ubisoft is probably the best in the industry at trailers at this point. Man, yeah. Yeah. Even even yeah. the games I don't care about looked awesome in trailers. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they started off with the new South Park game. Yeah, okay. I know it's not our thing, but from what I heard, it's the supposed Stick to be amazing. It was actually a really good yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I heard as well. In, in addition to the fart jokes, it was actually a really deep RPG. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then they came out with For Honor, which caught me by surprise uh the dude they had out on stage i would have literally followed him into battle because this game (laughs) looks awesome right bringing together uh vikings knights and samurai and i really hope they add more on top of that uh just this crazy combat based game where at one point it's like dynasty warriors because you're just mowing through legions of foot soldiers but then it turns into this completely different game when you get into the PvP aspect where it's very much a game of chess, of different stances and being in the right defensive position to defect a, deflect a blow because just like real combat, one hit and you're probably going down from following up on that. So just seeing like the PvP combat and how tense it was without them even really doing anything really caught my interest. We need that shit shit in VR. (laughs) I didn't hear anything about it until E3 as well, so I was impressed, and I was just like, you know what this game needs? Ninjas. (laughs) 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 It actually, uh, from like a conceptual standpoint, it reminded me a lot of Bushido Blade, how... In Bushido Blade, you could kill an enemy in one hit. So it was all about positioning and being in the right place at the right time instead of just wailing away. And that has me really excited. See, I saw it less as that, and I equated it a lot more. I immediately saw Daredevil that just played on Netflix where it's visceral, the fight scenes, and tiring. And it's just a matter of you'll be lucky to get a hit in 
where you might want it or whatever. And it's just that not giving up and keep going, even though you're tired and you're carrying way too much weight and, and things like that. So I saw it in, in that much more visceral aspect. And that's what really appealed to me as I watched it. Cause again, fighting things for me, I, I've done so much fighting in, in martial arts, so I can appreciate more when something feels a little bit more natural. And that kind of did. And that really appealed to me a lot. Yeah, it looks like they're nailing it on a lot of levels there. Uh, they showed off the new crew game. Does anybody really care? The new yeah, crew yeah. expansion, you mean? Yeah, expansion. Yeah, the wild run with yeah. monster trucks. and. You know, the planes. only thing that I was excited about is that they said they were revamping the control schemes for mm-hmm. the crew. That had me insanely excited because that means I can reinstall that shit on my PS4 and hope that it runs a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> The next up after that was one of the greatest things I saw this year at E3 Trials Fusion, the awesome level max expansion. (laughs) Yeah. I, that that trailer speaks for itself. Just watch it and tell me you don't want to play that immediately. (laughs) Uh, I'll lump together the three Tom Clancy games because we got three Tom Clancy games. Uh, The Division, we've already spoken about, uh, as well as Rainbow Six Siege. And the one that actually most interested me was Ghost Recon Wildlands. I've never been a big fan of any of the Clancy games since like the original Splinter Cell. But what we saw from Wildlands of this very different approach they're taking to tactics in this open world setting and giving you multiple avenues and options for completing the missions, that strikes my interest because Ghost Recon was always pretty much if you don't do it perfect, you're screwed. So them kind of expanding it to give you a lot more gameplay options, I kind of like. Yeah. Uh, They announced the new uh, strategy game, Anno 2205. Not my thing, but I know people who were going nuts over that. Uh, We had dancing, (laughs) because it wouldn't be an Ubisoft (laughs) conference without dancing. Without dancing. (laughs) And I was actually really happy to see Trackmania coming over to PS4 now. And I think it was Xbox as well, is coming to consoles, because... I like any game that has just endless amounts of user-created content and just same thing with Mario Maker. You know, stuff like that really grabs my interest. And when they showed off the procedural generation where he hit a button and a map made itself, that's literally endless gameplay. And that's great. And then uh, we also got the new uh, Assassin's Creed, which we talked about with Syndicate. The one thing I found weird, at least from Ubisoft's presentation, is they're making a big deal that Syndicate you play as the brother and sister. And yet the main cinematic for, you know, the trailer of the game didn't show her at all. Kind of bugged me. Hmm. I didn't realize that until you just pointed it out. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. That, That's why that, when, they, when, they, when they showed it off at Sony's conference, they focused on her, but it wasn't the big cinematic trailer. It was just like, oh, yeah, here's the other playable character. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Making progress, but I don't know if they're making Not enough. there yet. But yeah, yeah, Ubisoft, as usual, every year is an experience. <laughs> you, can't, <laughs> you can't rate a Ubisoft conference on how good or bad it was <laughs> because it, it's on its own level. This, this year was actually relatively subdued over what we've seen in yeah, previous yeah, years. Yeah. Uh, it's still fun, though, and, and it's nice to see people excited about the games they're putting out. And Ubisoft always brings that to the table. Okay, let's move on to Bethesda. Joe, we're going to let you take this. I will be quick but excited. So first major point, we got Doom, which is coming back Doom. in the spring of 2016. Yeah. And we got 
eight minutes of glorious, gory demoness, and it was absolutely amazing. <laughs> Not only is it look, does it look fantastic, Doom has new modding tools that are becoming back to it that will allow players to create their own content. And how awesome is that? We absolutely love player-generated content. Uh, it looks absolutely amazing. I honestly can't wait for it. Doom 3 uh, was a game that a lot of people either, they were very polarized about it. They loved or hated it. I absolutely loved, loved it, loved especially it. the audio okay. engineering in that game. Yeah. This looks like it's going to be absolutely in that same vein, and I'm completely okay with that. Yep. Doom 3 was a good game. It was just a bad Doom game. I sure. don't think. I, yeah, see, Doom That's 3 fair. was still a damn good game. Yes, I, I, I agree Jesus. wholeheartedly. It just yeah. wasn't what people wanted from a Doom sequel. Mm. But seeing this here well. with just fast-placed, run-and-gun yeah. gameplay, all about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then uh, we also got the Elder Scrolls card game, Elder Scrolls. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure Roger's all going to be about this. It's basically a Elder Scrolls version of Hearthstone. This is awesome. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> There better be a collector's edition that comes out with the actual cards. Oh, well, gosh. there probably is now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we already talked about Fallout 4. Um, they also talked about Fallout 4, the mobile game, which launched that day. Oh, my goodness. Which Fallout is Shelter. surprisingly addicting. Surprisingly? No, I don't think it's surprising. No, no not surprising at all. No, I, no. Don't, I don't touch it yet. I don't have no, time I to don't, play more games. I don't, <laughs> don't do like it, games don't like that. Do it. I don't <laughs> like games like that ever. This game, I'm actually playing it and I hate myself a little bit. Because it doesn't have any of that freemium bullshit yeah. attached to it. Fair. It, it's just a game. Here you go. Have fun. Yeah. And I keep sending out the undesirables under the wasteland to die, which always makes me happy. Um, <laughs> and then probably one of my top reveals of this year's e3 the dishonored sequel oh yes the dishonored sequel in which we saw not only will corvo be back which i'm sorry we heard corvo will be back but you saw nothing but emily caldwin and her role as a brand new assassin type character going after restoring her empire. And what was cool is when she was going after that one boss, how the rooms were shifting and the, like that's actual gameplay that's going to be in there. When you go after that particular PC, they've already said it like the battlefield's going to change. It's going to be dynamic. And it was absolutely fucking amazing. That's the game that I've been most excited about. Dishonored 1 was one of my favorite games of all time. It's in my top 10 of all time games. I can't wait to get my hands on this. I wouldn't put it all time, but yeah, definitely. Uh, in recent memory, without a doubt. And I loved this. I loved this trailer with, because uh, as they were showing it, it, my instinct was, is that Emily? That has to be <laughs> Emily. So I was, I was so happy when they revealed it to be her. It's like Joe said, like it was that glee excited to hear about this and and it is definitely in like high in my top 10 like i cannot wait to play this game cannot freaking wait yep i will pre-order this i will pre-order the shit out of this this is i won't feel bad about pre-ordering that one no i don't normally pre-order this is this is going to be one of those ones i'm just like yep here take my money (laughs) all right Let's move away from there now and move on to EA. EA had... Sports. A lot of sports. <laughs> a lot of sports. Pele. They started off with one of the biggest Football. announcements. Shut up. 
one of the biggest <laughs> announcements, but they didn't give us nearly enough about it, but that's because it's not done. And that, of course, is with Mass Effect Andromeda. And it's coming out holiday of 2016. So there's still a long wait for it. And... Um, and basically, it's it's not done. I'm quite certain the story is not done or anything. So that's why we didn't get. That said, just the fact that we just what we got was enough to say, okay, they're obviously working on it. They got a team on it. It's it's gonna be a thing at some point. And they did show some things here and there. And it's like, yeah, that was I was pretty excited. I wasn't the only one. Yeah, I, I liked the trailer with the music choice. Yeah, because I'm assuming we're not going to be in any recognizable space from the original trilogy. So giving it that kind of Western, you know, unexplored territory feel was really special for me. The yeah. People have made cool. a big ditch, big deal about saying if it's not, if, if there's no shepherd, there's no mass effect. And it's like, shut up people. There was no shepherd yeah. at one point And they put a game out with shepherd that moved you so much that now shepherd means that much to you. They can do that again. They'll invent new people that you'll play as, play <laughs> with, and you will be as invested in this game as you were in the Mass Effect trilogy. And so all new worlds to commit genocides on. Yeah, really. Well, there are interesting, interesting, <laughs> interesting pinbacks in that video, too, to the original game. Like, yeah. when you're seeing the person on the, at the screen, like, walking away, that's a shepherd moment. That's mm-hmm. shot for shot a shepherd moment. So uh, moving on from there, they talked about how they've been rebranding the need for speed and going back to the roots and this and that. Again, racing game, so we're not going to discuss it too much. That said, I like what I've seen with this. It sounds a lot like they're using all of the buzzwords that they need to use to get people excited. I haven't quite seen enough that would be a, wow, I can't wait to play this. But again, I like racing games, so I'm... I'm likely to like it. I'm still like, sick. Eh, about me for speed game, but I it looks like it's going in a positive direction. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to seeing more. Yeah, strip back a lot of the crap that they've been adding over the years. I think it's a right right customization looked really nice. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is actually next one of the things that I am actually the most excited for. It's on my list. It's not actually towards the top, but that's just because of the strength of everything else that's coming out. But one of the things that I'm really excited for, like I'm going to be resubbing because of this, is <laughs> Swotor's Knights of the Fallen Empire. This is going to be coming out end of October uh, 27th. And this is nuts. Since then, they've released a bunch more information. They've also got the site up with different information on the site. They've had some interviews. I don't know if you guys have devoured as much as I have about this, but oh, like oh, we're yeah. talking tons of new stories, personal stories, new companions. Plus, yep. you start at 60 if you want. So, boom, just bypass everything else just because this is huge in terms of what has transpired since then your character's been in carbonite for hundreds of years kind of thing so this is massive change to the worlds to the universe that they've created and then the what you're doing with these brothers in terms of all the lore that's going to be there you're going to need to you're, you're going to lose your companions yes you're getting these new ones but you're going to have to go out into the universe to find your companions again do some story quests with them and get them back in plus you'll have the opportunity to recruit other new people companions some of them being companions that would have otherwise been locked with another class 
what? That yeah. had me so <laughs> excited that, because that one just was like, <gasps> yes. I'm glad I'm not the only one that makes that sound. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that someone as manly sounding as you, Amir, also makes that sound. I, I feel better. I would be excited about it, but at the same time, I was really upset. I'm like, I literally do not have time for another MMO to give me more content. Guilt Wars just got me back into it. Final Fantasy's coming out with stuff. WoW just came out with stuff. I'm like, y'all killing me here. <laughs> I only have so much time in a day. I, I have to play this. And I it's, do. I it's, have to. I can't. Yeah. The story stuff is, is it's nuts. The story was fantastic, and if you haven't played for for story by itself, just go fucking play any class. It doesn't matter, and enjoy the story. You know what's funny is that I mean, Sotar's been out for a number of years now, and I've played it on and off again, and I've played a great like you guys, great many MMOs over the years as well, and. For all of its faults, which there are people who still will take unknown amounts of glee at slamming it down for all of its issues. But regardless of all that, it is still like one of my favorites MMOs to play just because of the stories and and Mm -hmm. the extent of your involvement because in no other MMO, none, none. And I'm talking wow with characters that I've had for over 10 years. I am not as attached to any of them as I am to my least played alt in SWOTOR just because those stories and the companions and everything get you so invested in your characters. So the more I heard about this, the more it was like, yeah, I, I have to. Luckily, it's going to coincide very close with Wildstar going free to play. So, because I resubbed Wildstar just because yeah, I, I need that. I need that DJ <laughs> data, dude. I, I need to have him in my housing for sure. But uh, and uh, once once that's done and they go free to play, then I'll cancel my sub and I'll just give them money periodically. But uh, but this coincides perfect, so I'll be able to take the sub from Wildstar and give it to Swotor because I have to play this. <laughs> like we're getting new worlds. New stories, new stories for the classes as well. The boost to 60 if you want it. The new companions, going out finding your old companions. It's going to be free for subscribers as well, which, holy crap, that's awesome. And then all of the story stuff with these brothers, I want to know what's going on with. Because that is one fucked up family. I thought my family was screwed up. (laughs) I want to be there on Thanksgiving Day for their supper. Okay, so we're all excited about that. Let's move on. This is now where, again, E3 was won by the developer for Unravel. And this is the yarn story. This guy went up and was so humble in his appreciation that he's there and that he gets to be a part about. Yeah, yeah, he was so invested. And then you could see, like, this is a dad who made this yarn thing while on vacation with his kids and then made a game out of it. And he's so proud of it. When he took it out of his coat and he's, like, freaking tattooed dude and his hands are shaking. He's so, like, he's excited, but he's also nervous and everything. And, like, we needed that because E3 is so Mm -hmm. much corporate speak. They just mm-hmm. come up, they give their speeches, and they're terrible at it most of the time anyways, and yeah. then move on. But this guy was just, 
invested. He was there. This was important. And he was, you know, and, and he won E3 for me and for a lot of other people to the point where it's like, I'm buying this game. I don't care if I want to play the game, which I do. I mean, I, it looks like a ton of fun. But even if I didn't, I'd buy it just to support this guy and, and, the, and his company. It was absolutely, and it was absolutely wonderful that it was followed up too by the Adventures of Yarny on Twitter. Because oh, I my his yes. Twitter their, account is the greatest. Thing. Yep, I immediately followed, and I was like, it was all these pictures of Yarny all over E3, and I was just like, he's just a kid. He's just a kid happy to be at E3. <laughs> Sold anything he produces, I'm going to give him money at this point because yep. it was just so refreshing and real and honest. And and it did genuinely look like a very fun game. It reminded oh, yeah. me very much of a kind of a sack boy kind of running around in the world kind of thing. I, it just looked like a very fun, polished, good-looking platformer. So it's like, once again, it's going to be when it comes out, I'll buy it. Definitely. Without so a doubt, funny. we'll buy it. I'm hoping there's going to be some fun co-op. Listen My here, assholes. <laughs> Listen <Right>. here, assholes. <laughs> okay, let me get comfortable. This the is going to be good. Is, better good. not actually unravel. Unravel and die at the end. I... Would not be able to handle that. If Vince yeah. cries at the end of this game, he's driving somewhere. <laughs> he, he's going to find oh. you and punch you in the face. Oh. <laughs> I have an emotional attachment to this little yarn. Yes. I tweeted, I tweeted as soon as I saw that. I was like, and this game just won E3 for me. Yep. I was just yep. yeah, that happy with it. I was just like, this won E3 for me. I, this, this set it as like the best E3 that I can remember. <laughs> it made, I'm glad that this was early enough because it made me excited for everything going forward at that point. It really did. So, okay, moving forward now. Uh, once again, Garden Warfare 2 came up here. More sports ball here as well. They talked about mobile. <laughs> they talked about Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes as well, which spans all of the characters, which I thought was very cool, actually. It looked like it might be fun to play. And uh, and then they talked about Minions Paradise, which seems cool. Um, Mirror's Edge came up, and this is one of the ones that even for people who have not played or finished the original, I, I mean the didn't finish, played, didn't finish, <laughs> group. Um, people are still excited for this one, and holy crap, does it ever look good. It looks phenomenal. So, I'll buy it. Definitely. Okay, we're going to move on to the Square Enix presser now and we'll rip through it quickly vince i'm gonna let you take this one yeah um this was not a good presentation oh my god it was, so <laughs> it, it was very much like a japanese business seminar yeah like, yes it, it, that said they showed off some cool stuff yeah uh, starting with just cause 3 which we talked about uh, a couple episodes ago i know joe you were losing your damn mind over that game dude yes i can fly around in a fucking wingsuit and blow shit up yes i'm uh, fucking in <laughs> I, I agree with Joe here that's all I can say I, yeah it's old uh, next was actually a big surprise they announced that they're developing a sequel to Nier which I never played I heard it was very ambitious I with, uh, some of its story it. stuff but I never got a chance to get my hands on it you are missing out if you can go grab this game Nier is one of the best games that nobody played and I was so excited to see a sequel. Like, I played it because Tart made me play it, and I'm so glad she did. It is a phenomenal game. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually really excited to see that uh, they brought in Platinum to do the combat stuff. So they've got the guys at Square doing the story and all that stuff, and they brought in the best company in the industry at action to handle combat. So that has me really excited. Platinum was all over the place. 
Yeah, they're yeah. everywhere this year. I'm, I'm all I'm all about that. And the guy with his creepy fucking moon head. What the? <laughs> I don't know what that was about. <laughs> I don't got nothing. I don't know. I got <laughs> it's this like you, very serious, very you know, strict conference, and here comes a dude in a kimono and a moon head. <laughs> it was a Muppet with a banana moment. It was just there. Yes. <laughs> very odd. Um, we saw uh, more Tomb Raider, which uh, we've covered. Um, Final Fantasy, they basically just showed off the same trailer, said we'll find out more about it uh, this winter, I would assume, at like TGS or something. And then the greatest troll job of the year. They bring out the guys from Kingdom Hearts to show off the new mobile game. Oh, I wanted to hit them <laughs> yeah. so bad. I wanted to light them on fire when that happened. Oh, oh I that. saw Twitter explode, and it was the greatest thing. <laughs> it was, I, I enjoyed the sweet taste of people's tears on that one. But then they did <laughs> finally come show off Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, personally, I checked out of the series about halfway through the incomprehensible second game, so I honestly don't care, but I know a ton of people out there are super into it. Yeah, that is definitely one of the games that is I'm most looking forward to. Uh, we got more from World of Final Fantasy, more from Hitman. A game I have very mixed feelings on with Star Ocean Integrity and Faithlessness, now the fourth entry in the series. I love the Star Ocean games because they're always very creative, wonderful combat systems, interesting characters, incredibly deep. I hate them because they're like 200-hour games. Yeah. <laughs> you you cannot play a Star Ocean game a little bit. And I'm too old for that shit now. <laughs> but still, uh, I'm actually I'm excited that the the franchise itself is still uh staying alive. I was actually more hyped for it before I saw the trailer. I, just, I don't know. <laughs> I, I watched the trailer and and I was just like, eh. And maybe it's just me. Maybe I, gotcha. I don't know if there was anything particularly wrong with it. It just I don't know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a lot more about Deus Ex. Uh, not much we haven't already seen. And then they finished up with a brand new game from their new studio called Tokyo RPG Factory. Doesn't have a name yet. Its working title is Project Setsuna. They just showed off some really nice uh, concept artwork about what they're trying to do. But it's important because it's the only original thing they showed off in their entire conference. Everything else was sequels and remakes and spinoffs and what have you. So as long as they're continuing to do new stuff, because Square has always been really creative with their new stuff. Like, like you said, with Nier, it was you know really well, not very well received, but it did a lot of good stuff. You know, Last Remnant, Infinite Undiscovery, they do a lot of really creative games that don't work out too well, but they still keep trying, and for me, that's really important. Okay, let's move on to some other stuff. Um, we'll tackle the Oculus Rift very quickly and then move on to the PC gaming stuff. The The Rift actually had their their presser, was it one or two days before everybody else? It was a few was days Saturday. anyways. Yeah. And, uh, and they talked about where it's going and whatnot. They spent a lot of time talking about the fact that it's going to come with a... Uh, an Xbox One controller. So that's going to be the main controller that you're going to use for that device. So whether you like that or not, depending on what you think of the Xbox One controller. But they are putting out the little hand controllers 
as well that that's their own that they have produced and it's much more organic in how it feels while you're inside and i did read and hear some of the people talking about their experiences using it and as long as the game or whatever it is that you're doing and it supports it then it is in fact more intuitive than having a xbox one control in your hands kind of thing so so it was kind of neat but in terms of what else they're doing they talked about the tech and how it's improved a little bit they had the final look of what the 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 final device is going to look like when it's uh, being sold to the public and there was one of the 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 things that most people agreed on is that there was a frustrating lack of information with it actually no information in terms of price no information in terms of exactly when it's coming out or or different things like that and and so it, it Again, for something that we were supposed to be getting a lot more VR news, there wasn't a ton, ton. And what we did get was still lacking enough that it was frustrating at points. The um, the one good thing with the Rift 2 is that you'll be basically able to play any of your Xbox One games on the Rift. So that was cool as well, too. Yet another reason why the Xbox One sounds a little bit better than it did last year kind of thing for me. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming you boys don't really care all that much about the Rift. Like I said, VR is not my thing. Yeah. I am tentatively excited for it. I'm more excited for the AR stuff personally. Right. Exactly. That's, that's me. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to that PC gaming conference. That's the first one that they've done of that. And a lot of people complained about different aspects of it, certainly because it was far from perfect and it was way too long, but ridiculously, it still had some really cool stuff that came up. And then it took me a little while to get used to the hose. But after a while I was like, okay, you got to make sure you keep him if like for next year, (laughs) because he did, he did do a good job. Day nine is one of the most respected feet figures in the PC gaming scene. So yeah, he, he's a good fit for this. And I also, I really liked the format because we got time to actually learn about the game. Same thing, like I said, with Nintendo, we got time to hear about the games from the people themselves without it just being this quick coming up on stage, saying a couple things, here's a trailer and moving on to the next thing. Now, I think they had a couple dozen too many guests, but I liked the format. Well, geez, they had the AMD people there twice. Uh, yeah, I was like, exactly. oh, okay, we know uh, they sponsored you, but enough. <laughs> I checked out. I'm not going to lie. I was yeah. too for me. <laughs> I, 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 um, I was on the phone for like the last half hour. <laughs> I actually watched it all, and I watched through to the end. And like I said, there was just enough that was really interesting that I was, mm-hmm. I was in. I was enjoying it. Uh, so just some of the highlights for me. Uh, we actually got a visit from Microsoft and the Xbox team, which was a little interesting but they say that they're bringing a number of their xbox titles to pc they mentioned killer instinct gears of war fable legends and gigantic and they were very specific to say they're not just porting them over these are being optimized for play on pc and as we've seen with way well pretty much any console developed game pc ports are half ass at best looking at you batman so for Microsoft to come out and say that they're not just porting these games over, they're actually developing them to take advantage of all the things PC can do is really important. That is really interesting, especially considering that Windows 10 is going to be able to play Xbox One games uh, natively on it. I'm mm-hmm. kind of curious how they're going to upconvert some of that stuff. Yeah. 
Roger, you'll be very happy that I was actually really excited by Eve Valkyrie. <laughs> as much as I've said I'm not into the VR stuff, this is the first VR game I've looked at and went, I would play that yeah, because no it looked ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I was also really excited. We got the announcement of the first expansion for Pillars of Eternity, the White March Part 1. Still haven't played Pillars of Eternity. <laughs> I just picked it up on Steam Cell, and I have been creating the character for the last three days. <laughs> yeah, it's all you say that. <laughs> <laughs> and we've realized the Eternity part of the title. Yeah. But uh, no, the stuff they showed off here was uh, some pretty interesting. But in more important expansion news, Heart of Thorns. Guild Wars yes. 2. Those guild halls the guild just halls. blew me away. That was it, crazy. Ugh. That, it, it, uh, I'll, I'll actually, it's a whole game in and of itself. It's like, a I, zone. I don't even know where to start. It's an entire zone. The fact that you actually have to go out and conquer and get it. Mm-hmm. Dude, that was awesome in and of itself. They won me with that right there. I was yeah, like, that was. I have to conquer my place to have a guild come oh yes and then the the building of the towers you can see it's being built and going up like everything that i read about this was awesome like this shit is big enough that they were gliding down and swooping around (laughs) like it's massive it's it's insane and i don't know how to do it it's what a guild hall should be Mm mm-hmm yeah Wars one with that for for me. I was like, I'm coming back. I will be playing. <laughs> I don't know where I'm gonna find this time, but I will certainly find time for you. Yeah. I logged in today because they they finally rebuilt Lion's Arch, which is exciting. Yeah. If you haven't done it, jump. Yeah, in I got there. I got a brand new uh, I got a brand new necromancer that made her way over there. And, and the thing I like about it is, it's something that you actually have to do with your guild. You can't just do a quick quest line and unlock it. You need a guild to go unlock that. You need to conquer it. You need, and everything about it is built around working together with your guild for any number of uh, different goals and objectives. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they couple, opened up the pre-orders too, which was people yeah. got a little upset about that. At no better time. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Smart move on their part. A couple small games that we'd seen at the Microsoft conference uh, with Beyond Eyes and Tacoma. I just want to say, like, given the the format of this particular conference, this is where I really caught a hold of those games. Like I said, just going up there, saying a couple things and showing a trailer didn't work for me, but actually being able to sit down and talk about it and the development process and what you want to do, that sold these games for me on PC, not on the Xbox, because yeah. just, again, <laughs> this, is, this is where, you know, they gave them the time to really talk about it. And then, of course, Blizzard comes out. And this is the part where I was half asleep. I was on the phone. I wasn't really paying attention. And all of a sudden, they started doing a Diablo cinematic. I hung up the phone. <laughs> I'll call you back. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Only to find out it's a Heroes of the Storm, Storm expansion. Yeah. The, yep, the Eternal Conflict. Story. So the game that just officially launched like three weeks ago is getting its first expansion on June 30th. Uh, but they're adding in, you know, a lot of Diablo stuff, a uh, new map. Skeleton King is going to be playable. And uh, they've said that the Monk is coming as well as a playable cl- class. So uh, I'm not a Heroes guy. I was incredibly disappointed because I thought we were getting something Diablo, Diablo. But <laughs> hey, there you go. And then and uh, they also talk. Is coming soon, like yeah. within the next couple of weeks, like next yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, June thirtieth. They said yeah. 
and it's not going to be uncommon. We're going to see a lot of that coming out from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And pretty much, if you hear a Blizzard announcement, it's either going to be Hearthstone or Heroes of the Storm, maybe something else. <laughs> and they also talked about uh, some about uh, the next StarCraft expansion, Legacy of the Void. Uh, really catching up on the story and all the stuff they want to do. But one of the important things is that you're going to get a free prologue campaign, three missions called Whispers of the Oblivion, uh, talking about where Zeratul's been and what he's working on. And as I said, it's free. Not free to people who pre-ordered, not free to people who played Heart of the Swarm. It's free. Not free to people so in the beta. <laughs> go get oh, it. And it, it, it's, it's smart of them because, A, they're taking their sweet-ass time between these expansions, so a lot of people have kind of forgotten what's going on, as well mm-hmm. as at this point you have a whole new generation of kids who don't remember the days when Wings of Liberty came out for StarCraft II. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I like it. I, I'm on board with that plan. But like I said, there's tons of other stuff they talked about if you guys uh, wanted to jump onto anything. Okay, let's actually move away from there and just cover <laughs> some of the other little tidbits that we got at different times, different other videos and whatnot throughout E3. Um, we did get uh, news that Telltale and Skybound announced The Walking Dead, the Michonne, the Michonne story arc that they're going to be doing. So that actually, obviously, we love The Walking Dead, love Telltale. So this was awesome. Very excited to see what they're going to do there. There was another VR that suddenly appeared as well, Star VR. And this is where they announce yet another Walking Dead game, this one from Overkill. <laughs> and this year, you're going to be in the Walking Dead environment with this other VR. The, the Star VR is actually fairly cool, too, if you look at the specs behind it. It's it, it's actually f- a fairly good one. Plus, it actually has a significantly wider field of vision so that it's far more natural to include your peripheral vision, which is going to make it so that you're feeling even less nausea as you're, you're playing it. So I actually was interested in what they were saying about this Star VR. And playing okay. The Walking Dead and actually being in there. It was cool. I want to play it. It has potential. It has potential. Yeah. Um, Vince, you wanted to talk about the Transformers? Oh, yes, God, yes, Transformers Devastation. God, Another yes. game that Platinum... My body is ready. <laughs> ...has gotten themselves into. So, you know, the action is going to be top-notch. The visual style is gorgeous, straight out of Saturday morning cartoons, 1980s awesomeness. Uh, they said you're going to be playing as five different Autobots... Optimus Prime, uh, Bumblebee, Wheeljack, Sideswipe, and Grimlock. I don't know a whole lot else beyond that, but honestly, I don't need to know a whole lot that's, else beyond that's enough that. enough for me. That's, yeah. that's all I need. You, you transform in the middle of your attack combos to hit them as a car. <laughs> <laughs> What's not to love? Uh, uh, yeah. Joe, do you have opinions on this game? <laughs> I need it in my life now. I immediately looked at, I, I took out my box. I have a whole box set of the original 80s series, and I oh, started yes. watching it. I was like, I am preparing myself now. <laughs> <laughs> You're my single, aren't you? not yet ready, but soon it shall be. <laughs> okay, you were excited for uh, Mad Max as well. Yeah, this is the first actual gameplay we've seen of it, and I, I'm not super excited compared to a lot of the other stuff we saw, but... Again, as we said earlier this afternoon on the comic book podcast, I loved the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so anything else set in that franchise right now, I'm all about consuming it. And it looks really fun, really solid. Uh, 
lots of exploration, lots of customization, big, big world. And they said, if you can see it, you can drive to it. And that has me really excited. Yeah. It's did like you bigger Batman. <laughs> Did you guys uh, see the videos for Everybody's Gone to Rapture? Yeah, I saw some of those, yeah. Jesus, that was awesome. Oh, it looks awesome. Plus, there's talk that they might do a Project Morpheus integration with it. So that would be that would be a little too weird for me. No, oh, man. Oh man, that's <laughs> that's that. perfect for that type of game. You yeah. Oh me? yeah. That would be insane. That would be insanely fun. Okay, we need to hurry up and get this done because we've been at this for a couple of hours here. So we're gonna do our top ten. Very kind of just thrown together, obviously, because I certainly didn't want to put too many brain cells <laughs> invest too much in <laughs> making a list and shit changes all the time but in terms of what we saw i'll go first in terms of what we saw the the, the things that i'm most excited for i put uh mass effect andromeda at 10 simply because i would be more excited if we'd seen a lot more it's mm-hmm. got to be on the list it's just it's got to be just at 10 just because there's not enough was was given i actually like i said destiny i am that excited for the taken king um so i really want to uh i i'm looking forward to playing it i i'm not getting the collectors where i'm buying the game again (laughs) but even at 40 i'll shell out 40 to play the taken king again i especially with the uh the new subclasses at eight i put deus ex mankind divided i actually really really like what i saw and i once again, I didn't finish The Last Day's X, <laughs> but I played the crap out of it, and I did a lot with my son, and we would take turns playing kind of thing. So we had a lot of fun with that. So I'm I'm actually really excited for this. Of course, Uncharted 4, which probably belongs somewhere lower on the list, but I'm putting it at 7 just because, of again, the strength of everything else that's on there. 6, Star Wars Battlefront, but I actually I put Battlefront and SWOTAR. Because I'm kind of equally, and, and truth be told, I probably am more excited for SWOTOR than Battlefront. So, uh, five, I put the, the New Horizon Zero Dawn, because that mm-hmm. shit is awesome. Four, I put The Last Guardian. Three, Fallout 4. Two, I put Dishonored 2, which is giving it the most praise I can, because one is, and I'm cheating again, because I'm putting HoloLens and No Man's Sky. Because... <laughs> I'm excited for both of them beyond compare. I just, they're completely different, but I, I'm so excited for them. It's unbelievable. If I had to only pick one, I would pick HoloLens just because of the potential that's there. Even knowing the faults, I am so goddamn jazzed about that. Vince, we'll go with you next. All right. Uh, I really could have used the top 20, but cutting it down to 10. Uh, number 10, I had four <laughs> honor just because it was so impressive to me. Yeah. Uh, number nine, Fallout 4. Number eight, Doom. Number seven, Horizon Zero Dawn. Number six, I put in Beyond Eyes. Oh, yeah. Number five, we didn't talk about it here, but it had a heavy showing, XCOM 2, yeah. as much as I loved uh, the first uh, one from Firaxis. Uh, number four, Dishonored 2. Number three, Unravel. Yeah. Uh, number two, Shenmue 3. And number one, I'm right there with you, HoloLens. Yeah. I actually didn't put Unravel just because I'm buying it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a foregone conclusion. They've got my money, so there you go. Okay, Joe, we'll go with you next. Putting these in any particular order was a pain in the ass. I'm just going to say that. Getting it down to 10 was a pain in the ass. 
we had, this was such a lucrative E3. So I did my best, starting from 10 going to first. 10, Star Fox Zero. Yeah. 9, Unravel. 8, Sword Coast Legends. I'm going to cheat just because of the stuff that I'm seeing about the quest stuff. That's really friggin' solid for me. Uh, <laughs> next up, Near the New, because I love Near. It was such a great game, and I can't wait to see what they do with it, especially with Platinum being involved. Uh, next up, Kingdom's Heart 3. Then Horizon Zero Dawn, because that was a sleeper game that I didn't even know about, and just they got me really, really jazzed up for it. Next, Transformers Devastation, because Transformers. Next, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. Then Fallout 4. Then, this was the hard one for me, Deus Ex Mankind Divided and Dishonored 2. I can't decide which one really? holds my top spot. Seriously? Yeah. You, you, you have to understand, Dishonored 1 was so good in my mm-hmm. mind that their bank, like, I just from what I've seen so far for 2, they can do no wrong. It is the first game that I have played in 15 years where I've actually completed the game without killing a motherfucker. I'm just That's curious why you would put that. it on par with Deus Ex. Because it's the same thing. Like, Deus Ex holds that same spot. Like, the game was great minus the boss fights. Let's, let's get out there. But it's just the story development, the type of world. You this These are the type of worlds that are the top in my mind. Yeah. Like, this is, what seek, this is what sings to me as the best. Like, if you throw traditional fantasy out the world. Give me alternate history and give me weird future. And those are my top two types of, types of game worlds. These hit those buttons. Cool. Cool. All right. Amir, you're up. Uh, all right. So, yeah, the order thing sucked. But I, I'll start off with Shenmue 3, uh, my 10. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda at 9. Sonnet 2 at 8. Uh, Boo. 8? At 7. I should hang up on your ass right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just hear me out. Let me push the button. Listen, Look maybe he really it. liked Yokai Watch. So let's get <laughs> uh, Doom at 6. Uh, no Man's Sky at 5. Oh, d- dude, my finger's on the button. Uh, hang up on <laughs> Last Guardian at 3. Horizon at 2. And HoloLens, like yeah. everybody else, at 1. Right. HoloLens I, got three number ones from us. Yeah. How can it not? My list. Look, how I had to put that in order, man. That he, didn't, he didn't even make my list because it's just going to be something that's there. Me, at least. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that is going to wrap up the episode. Thank you very much to the folks that join us live and for anybody who downloaded the episode to listen. It is a little bit longer, but it's E3. And so we kind of had to have fun. Amir, thank you very much for joining us again. It was, as always, great having you on the show, man. Uh, it was a pleasure y'all having me. I appreciate it. I really do. So everybody, make sure to go check out his channel on YouTube. It is what? It is the underscore. Oh, uh, my YouTube channel is my gaming uh, podcast. It's Gaming SOP. There you uh, go. On YouTube. Check out his channel. And um, that's where you, you put up your streams. You record them and you put them up? Uh, yeah, I'll put them up on, on the Gaming SOP channel when I do. There you go. So make sure to check those out. And cause actually, I was listening the other night as you were doing one. You were, uh, yeah, you were doing one with the other guys and I was listening for a little doing while. Doing the so, live. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. I enjoyed it a lot. So make sure to check out his channel, check out his videos. You can find us, of course, at ForTheLore.com. You can find us on Twitter at ForTheLore or individually, Joe at LoaderZJ, Vince at Simonian, and myself at Zen Buddhist. And Prince, you are? Uh, at the underscore drunken underscore Prince. There you go. 
make sure to follow all of us. And if you have any questions, make sure to just send them in. You can also leave your thoughts on iTunes and Stitcher. And for that, I guess that's it. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Make sure to check out our, uh, our, um, Come book informed podcast that we just recorded. We had a lot of fun with that, actually. Talking a little bit of Spider-Man and some, some classic Marvel comics. So with that, we're going to let you go. We will talk to you guys next week. Well, bless my soul, what's wrong? Seriously, you're not impressing anybody. <laughs> God, five pounds soaking wet. That's done. Okay, so let's add Joe. You have to? Yeah, not really. We like, got a third do chair. You have notes prepared for his segments. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Amir, if you're ready for his stuff, you're good to go. We'll just uh, we'll pretend like we can't hear him. Oh, damn, I'm broadcasting. <laughs> I, I didn't mean Technical that, Technical difficulties. Uh, Joe is not part of this episode. <laughs> I wasn't even sure if I should accept that fucking phone call. <laughs> Fine, be that way, goddammit. Where's that hang-up button? There you go. All right. I guess I should bring Joe back in. <laughs> Are we ready to behave? No. <laughs> I knew that was going to be the answer. I knew it. Hey, where the fuck the fun in that? Jesus. Somebody doesn't want to take a joke. And then just miscellaneous others, and then we'll jump into our... Oh, Amir, I should have told you that. While we're talking, while the episode's going, make your top ten list. Of the okay. top ten, either <laughs> games or gear or whatever from E3 that had you the most excited. Uh, so okay. just work on that. it while we're talking, and and uh, and then it's at the end anyways. That's true. All right. I, I, in retrospect, I probably should have told you this earlier. <laughs> I'll, <do it. laughs> I'll make it. I have like a solid top five of them coming off the top of my head, but then I'm like, oh man, what else did I put in there? Well, I'll accept five just because I didn't tell you ten. But if, it was if you one could... of us, Roger would have told us when the segment started. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not on so. accident. He would have done that shit on purpose. Just wing it off the top of your head. Now I can come up with ten. I'm five. coddling him a little bit, but come on, cut me some slack. <laughs> I'm only made out flesh, blood, and bone. But if you're gonna start a rumble, don't you try it all alone. Thank you for listening to For the Lore. Each week, the show is broadcast live on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Stop by ForTheLore.com slash live to join the conversation and have your thoughts discussed on the show. If you'd like to hear more from the guys, check out Comic Book Informer, a weekly podcast from Vince and Roger, as well as Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast. 
And lastly, thanks to Manelli Jamal for the show's theme music. We encourage everyone to check out his site, ManelliJamal.com, or find him on iTunes and help support this incredible musician by picking up his CDs. 